infinite complacence, people went to and fro of the earth about their little affairs, serene in the assurance of their dominion over this small, binning fragment of solar driftwood, which by chance or design, man has inherited out of the dark mystery of time and space. A little far away. Okay, let me see here. Got my fancy cans on, and I can never figure out where the mic is on this thing. Actually, that sounds better, just whatever you did there. Like right here? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. I wonder, I just, like I said, I can never tell if it's uh, attached to the mic on the phone on this one. Because, you know, on the iPhone, like earbuds, you can tell where the mic is. But Yeah. No, actually, it's really quite good, considering you're on your cell phone. Damn. Yay. Yeah. I thought you'd be in your fancy studio, you know, just trying to be incognito. Man, I thought about it, but... To be perfectly honest with you, I didn't want to drive my ass over there. No, I'm glad that you didn't. So thanks for I'm doing about this. To be, uh, well, no. Um, I mean, I got stuff I could do, but I'm about to be there uh, like 90% of my mm. days for the next five. Um, like once I get over there, it's cool, you know. But right. man, right now, the few traffic. Oh, my gosh. It's Are like you a... two hours ahead of me? Yeah. Okay. So it's like uh, 645 here. And if you just like popped open the map and I'm in Dallas proper, you know, yeah. so like both yeah. of my studios are across, are in the burbs and uh, dude, it's like in the morning when I get off of that red eye show, if I just like book it home, I can be home in like 15 minutes. But if I wait an hour, it would take me You're screwed. forty five minutes or an hour to get home. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been to Dallas in <clears throat> I don't know, thirteen years or more. Maybe yeah, shit, maybe it's more. Uh and even then the freeways is just completely backed up most of the time and busy place. Beautiful place though. <laughs> You know, didn't you? Fl- I thought you flew into Dallas when you went to the thicket. Um. But no, I mean, no, we we flew into um, uh, Houston. I think. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. And it, it was. I mean, it was still a pretty decent little drive from the airport to get right. to the woods right. but uh yeah no we we flew to you had me thinking for a second i was like oh shit did we go to dallas first now how does that work out why are your studios outside of the city just for cost effectiveness or is that the reason definitely definitely the 
the second one, like the Westwood Studios, which is where, you know, that studio where I had that picture of you on yeah. the on the thing. Um one of my favorites, by the way. Right. Yeah. No, that um that so that was like a merger of two companies. Well, Cumulus bought Westwood One and um Westwood One was in the what they called the old ABC building in Dallas proper and was one of the coolest buildings I've ever been in, period. Like a gigantic atrium with trees. And I mean, Bieber has been there and done a concert in that building, it, like just in the plaza. The Biebs actually showed kid. up. Oh, okay. Yeah. When he when was he still was a, a person. Kid. Like Hannah Montana, like that's yeah. uh, Disney was all there. Right. So like, um, Ryan Seacrest had a studio there and, um, then it was a big time operation. It was one of the buildings that like, it's, um, the first time I went over there for an interview, I couldn't find the place. And it's like, because it's not at the address that it's located. It's like on its own city block and it's in the middle of the block. And you have to like take this diagonal road to get up to get to it because uh, it's one of the targets that like would be it's like a bomb target because of the oh. satellite capabilities of that place. Oh, damn. I know. And it was I mean, it's just an incredible place. And when <laughs> right when Cumulus bought Westwood One, Disney closed all of their local radio stations all over the country they went to like just a nationally syndicated radio station but there used to be like local you know you'd see the mickey mickey van rolling around in your town you know and uh so once they closed that down they just didn't want to pay the lease for it so there's a little building out in farmer's branch that the time warner's well ask always say Tom Warner's the TM studios and TM is the biggest jingle company in the world. Like if you've listened to a radio station and heard them do the 99.5, it's there's a 90% chance it's come out of that building. And so they were a part of Westwood one. So they moved out of that building into the TM studios and so that just happens to be kind of out of the way. The other one, that Salem studio, I don't know why they're over there in Irving, but it probably is partly cost. Irving. Where is that? Uh, well, that's where the Cowboys used to be located. Mm. I've been to, see, okay, so that was a stadium that I went to long time ago because the one that you see on TV now is a completely different location, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that Irving is just, uh, I mean, it's between Dallas and Fort Worth. So to the west of Dallas, I guess you would say. All right. So we're not getting into this tonight because we have a really cool topic to talk about. But can you, in one word or two words, if it's a name, if you want to go there, who shot Kennedy? Well... <laughs> uh since no. i had a roommate in college that 
was directly tied to the situation. Oh, shit. I'll go with what Billy Soul had to say about it. And I, I think LBJ had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. All right. I like it. We should have a whole episode on that. <clears throat> I know. I know. In fact, the guy that uh, one of the dudes that wrote one of the big books about Galveston mm-hmm. also has written extensively about Kennedy. Really? Yeah. Does he reside there in Dallas? Matt seemed to think that he did, or he lives in and around here. You should wrangle that guy, man, in studio with you and Matt. I know. That would be a really good episode. I need people. um, I need interns. I need, like, as many interns as Santa has elves. Dude, if so, I was there, I would be your intern in a heartbeat. Play with I all mean, those buttons and all those sound effects and songs at your fingertips. I just, it's its like an audio boner because there's just so much to play with. <laughs> That's why, look, I'll put in the intro music and the outro, but you don't hear a lot of shit in the middle because I just, I am very careful where I step. I don't put in songs that I don't have permission directly from the artist for because that scares the book out of me. So, yeah. Well, you're good like that. I I, I am a little bit, uh, I'm obviously blessed with what I have permissions to use. and Yeah, what do you call it? Does something like, wasn't there a name for it? Something library or is it just, what did you call it? Uh, I thought it had yeah, a name the, it does the APM? Yes, yeah. That 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 must be just a shit ton of fun every time you go in there. Yeah, it sure beats the hell out of the old days of mm. sifting through the CDs. Oh my the, god, I can't imagine hard CDs. It. <laughs> it was always a beating. I I hearken back to watching uh, Private Parts with Howard Stern, and he's it's like his first day, I think, in the studio, and he's got his own little morning gig and. He's just got boxes of shit everywhere to do his uh, sound effects. And he's just knock. that would be me. He's just knocking shit over and it's he's just freaking out because stuff's spilling and it's just a shit show. And I'm like, that would be me in a heartbeat. And we have the same hair. I am, you do. You do have <laughs> yeah. the same hair. Yeah. You wear it better than Howard. Thank you, thank you. I am actually old enough that I date back to what they just called carts, which were basically like little eight tracks and everything that you played came off of one of those. Um, and you would have a stack of machines that would play them. And of course they had to play all the way through. And some of the cart machines would automatically rewind them, or you had to put them in something that would rewind them. But yeah, that's why if you see a lot of old radio studios, you'll see, like, racks on the walls. That's because oh, instead of a computer with your commercial database, all of your commercials were on those carts. All of your bumper music were on those carts. And... Now it's oh, all gone. Good old days. Damn, we're old, huh? Yeah. And uh, speak for yourself, lady. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I won't throw you under the bus. I throw myself under the bus. It's fine. So if anyone can't tell uh, from our little chatter banter, I don't know how much I'll leave of that in, but that's how we both do the same thing. We just kind of 
Here you go. Here's some of the shit before the show really starts. Listen to that. Uh, yeah. This is Clinton Granberry of OK Talk fame. Uh, minus, of course, Matt Stoker. Tonight we are going to be talking about the haunted Hotel Galvez in Galveston, Texas. And I know that you guys have covered this quite a bit on on OK Talk. And I purposely did not go back and like re-listen to anything. Um, I just, I just didn't. I read some of the emails that you sent me with the background story of the Maceo brothers and things like that. We'll touch on that a little bit, but mostly, of course, I want to know what happened to you when you were in said hotel. So yeah, Hotel Galvez. Now, let's do a little background first. If people are not familiar with Galveston, Texas, is it, in fact, an island in the Gulf of Mexico off of Texas? Yes, it is an island. Rather skinny, but just about 45 minutes south of Houston, uh, off the coast. And it runs, I want to say, I want to say it's like 20 some odd miles running east to west. What about yeah, uh, north to yeah. south? How how long does it take you to run that way? Not as not as far. Like I said, it's pretty skinny. Yeah. So I don't know total square footage, but it's uh, it's long, and due to the fact that it's lo- long east to west, it's one of the reasons why it became a favorite of pirates because. If you were just out in the Gulf and looking at it, you would think that it was, you were looking at the coastline mm-hmm. there. You know, if you were, it's completely conceivable that if you were just a ship off of the coast, you would look at Galveston and not know that behind it, that there's bays and little places where ships could hide. And apparently hide they did. Because I think if you want to, start talking about why that island has got so many crazy things going on with it. I think that's a pretty good area to start. Um, the local Indian population, the Karankawa, who were known to be, or at least reported to be, cannibalistic in nature, resided on Galveston Island. And uh, pirates as infamous as pirate Jean Lafitte was actually, he was actually hired by the government to wipe the Karankawa off the island Mm. and told that he would be given a pardon. And of course, like any good government does, once he had done his end of the job, they crawfished on that deal. But the, I mean, he befriended this, 300 to 500 population of Indian settlements and uh, some of his cohorts stole some women out of the village and started a war and the Karankawa were just wiped out with, they didn't have the muskets that the, that the Euros had. And I think that's a pretty good place to start with why that island has so much of a dark history. So he took the time to befriend 
these folks and then take their women and kill kill the men? Yeah, apparently he was pretty familiar with them. Uh, they basically had a little town there, and he was well-liked, funny, affable, mm. a ladies' man. And, yeah, that was his uh, his charge, was to to get rid of them. And get rid of them, they did. And one of the features of Galveston Island is that his actual homestead is still there. But there are all kinds of reports of curses leveled by the Indians mm. during mm. the whole situation. I mean, I kind of think you don't want to be messing with Indians, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of um, the good old cornstalk curse around the Mothman area. It's the same thing. Those curses just seem to last forever. Mm -hmm. What 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 happened with the cornstalk curse? I'm not familiar. Uh, I I don't remember the details, but it is very much the same thing. Where, uh, I think it was I don't know if it's Americans or Euros, as you were saying, that came over and said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have this treaty and we're all gonna be buddies." And uh, obviously, you're pirate at the time, knew it was all bullshit. But I think for the cornstalk side, maybe they meant it at first, but they took it They took it back, and they basically stabbed the Indians in the back, and people died. And good old Chief Cornstalk decided to place a curse on the land, basically like a, like a blood curse. And it's one Wonderful. of those, yeah, that obviously there are some uh, ties there that cannot be broken. I... I mean, is that a thing that can be broken? Is it better than voodoo or uh, better than, um, oh, damn, what was the thing I was, uh, oh, Santeria. I mean, I don't know if that's all one and the same or if one is stronger than the other, but you hear about these Indian curses, and I tell you what, these are some old-ass things, uh, old school, as we like to say, and they don't seem to uh, to fade at all. Right. Yeah, I mean, the the quote-unquote so-called voodoo of New Orleans mm -hmm. has deep Indian roots. The whole, the whole idea of the various quote-unquote chiefs in the boroughs, that's what they do. They, they, they uh, honor the Indians, and they, you know, the chief of each... A uh, little clan will spend all year long building a fancy costume and then on Mardi Gras prance around. That's why if you see the black guys that are in these really ornate old school Indian mm. costumes, it's a it's a tip of the cap to the natives. Mm. You know a lot of that's got to be mixed up in there, especially at a place like New Orleans, which... I think that's a another good tie-in to Galveston is being that it was a port city. You had a lot of different cultures coming into the area, much like you do in a place like New Orleans. And so when you're that far beyond gentrification at an early state in your settlement, you get mixes of 
I'm sure there was a lot of island influence. And so there's where you get your hardcore Santerian and voodoo culture. So you mix in a little bit of the French and a little bit of the Indian and all of the island types, which it's just a stone's throw, not really a stone's throw, but it's not that far to the Caribbean from the coast there. And I think that has a lot to do with why Galveston seems to have kind of the same feel as New Orleans and not in terms of New Orleans is and of itself New Orleans. There's no place on the earth like it. Don't get me wrong, but Galveston has a lot of the, a lot of the same. It's a vacation destination. And yet at the same time, it seems to be the end of the line for a lot of people. Uh, If you, watched True Detective, the very, very great HBO show, True Detective, especially season one. The writer of True Detective, Nick Pizzoluto, the first book that he wrote was called Galveston. And that was kind of what he was writing it about. It was a place where criminals and 'er ne'er-do-wells, it was a place that they went to. I don't know if it's just because it literally is the end of the road, you know, before you hit the ocean. But not only did, you know, he write a book that ended up being a big inspiration for the TV show True Detective. Um, you know, the multimillionaire Robert Durst, of all places, ran to Galveston after his murderous ways. And this is a New York City real estate mogul, and he ends up in Galveston in a tiny little house where he would eventually kill his neighbor and then Hmm. chop him up and dump his body in the bay and somehow beat a court case on it. Unreal. I don't even, I'm not even familiar with that story, but that is, I love murderous stories where people are being chopped up. I know it sounds gross. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'd been trying to get you and Seth on the jinx. Is this all played out live on television? They HBO ran a special. It's called the Jinx. About, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be show. looking that up. It's like six or seven episodes, and it's about this whole story with the Durst family, which basically, aside from, I mean, they roll Donald Trump in terms of real estate acquisition in New York and the youngest son uh, murdered his wife, even though they didn't, they couldn't prove that he murdered his wife. She disappeared. He was suspected of it. And he just everywhere he seemed to go, people would come up missing and he had millions and millions of dollars used, bought the biggest and best lawyers that money could buy. And so the show kind of leads you up through all of it. And uh, it's really excellent. But yeah, I mean. Is the guy dead now? No, no. But he's not in prison? uh, Well, yeah, 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 he is. All right, now he is. All right. I still want to watch that show, though. Yeah, something that occurs in the show is directly related to why he actually ended up getting Uh, caught. Okay. I won't say anything else other than that, but. 
another crazy serial killer MFR that ends up in all places of Galveston and I, like why is that right <laughs> what what draws that? folks there and not to keep going back to this but touching on the curses I don't know much about curses and we were talking about well you mostly were saying how hey all of these darker religions if that's what you want to call them tie in are these all when we're talking about placing a curse i don't know the logistics behind it but are these all santeria and voodoo and some of the indian tribes that we're talking about are these all literally to where you would find an animal of some sort or heaven forbid a human sacrifice and and actually kill something in order to get these curses accomplished yeah generally generally um there santeria seems to be way more involved in the human sacrifice and obviously I think some of the Native American culture there stems from the stuff that happened in South America. A lot of people want to tie the natives of North America to the Aztecs and the Mayas. Mm-hmm. They were kind of a fan of human sacrifice. <laughs> What was that movie, uh, uh, Apocalypse Now, or what was that? uh, Is that the movie I'm thinking of? Apocalypse Now, the war movie? No, well, no, it must not be. Um, Something Apocalypse. Apocalyptico? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I was confused there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Apocalypse Now is a war movie, isn't it? I should know that because I like military movies, but never mind me. Yeah, but Apocalyptico, the Mel Gibson flick, very, very underrated in the pantheon. You just don't really hear many people talk about it. No, because I think people love to hate on Mel Gibson because they're like, well, he went cuckoo. But yeah, but he still makes good movies. So, yeah, I I like that movie. It's really effed up. Um, But what you were talking about with the women and the children and then what happens to the men across the board, that's what happens in that movie. And that's what really happened. Right. I'm sorry, you don't, you know, if folks don't like that, but that is what happened. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I can remember the moment that my uh, switch was flipped and I was in middle school. So middle school in Texas is sixth to eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Somewhere right in there, <laughs> some kid in high school gave me this book called lies my teacher told me and the first chapter is about how we really dealt with the indians and that kind of sparked my total change on the way of looking at history and now you think about how history is written by the winners mm-hmm. and you're like happy thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I love Turkey Day. I'm just Oh saying. yeah. Who uh, doesn't? Give me that trip to fan. Yeah. We may have we may have screwed over some some folks mm-hmm. uh, along the way. And yeah. yeah, I think that um the one thing uh, uh, oddly enough uh, there's a direct Native American tie-in with the one of the other things that one of the other locations that we've been talking about on the show. Indeed. Uh, they have <laughs> they have the ability to really uh, put the put the stank on the land yeah. and 
And so I think that that's a, that's a big part of what um, makes Galveston Galveston. Then at the same time, uh, 1901, the hurricane that rolled through and completely demolished the island and killed anywhere from 6,000 to 8,000 people. Man, when you read something like that, it'll really make you feel appreciation for the fact that we have the Weather Channel. Yeah. Advanced warning (laughs) systems. Now, how many people at that time, I mean, what was the population? If it killed 6,000, how many more were left alive? You know what? I don't know that I've seen a comparison of how much Mm -hmm. of the population, but I'm sure there was. I'm sure that, like, this is just a guess for me, but I would imagine that the population was at least in the 50 to 60,000. Okay. But still, if it's a tenth of the population that gets creamed by a hurricane. Yeah. Um, and that gave rise to the hotel of which we speak. The Hotel Galvez was, there was a, a group of businessmen who raised a million dollars to build this hotel as a sign of rebirth from the island. And their goal was to turn it into a place of tourism and, and it worked. Yeah. And the the link that you sent me, uh, it said that they built it fireproof and weatherproof, especially considering what happened in 1901. It opened in 1911 and mm-hmm. it also said, and I love this part because the story of the Titanic, I love. And no, not because of Leo and all that bullshit. Actually, the real story. Um, it said that the interior rivaled the Titanic. So at that time was when the Titanic was actually being built. And I think that the article said it wasn't even very far from Galveston, really, that it was being built. And then uh, Hotel Galvez opens 1911. And then the Titanic sadly sank in 1912, so just one year later. But I thought that was very interesting that it said it rivaled the interior of the Titanic. And a question that I had for you was, because you've been there, I know that after a certain amount of time, especially being such an old hotel, that things start to deteriorate and things look kind of cruddy and old and gross. And there was a man, I didn't write his name down, that came through and he revamped the hotel, but he wanted to revamp it in the original way. And how are you feeling about how that went as far as maybe some old pictures that you were able to see from when it first opened? It's the, it's one of the swankiest places in Texas and it it is gorgeous. They have uh, the renovation project that happened sometime in the seventies. I want to say maybe early eighties. I don't know. I'm sure it went through a few different versions of it, but at the, at present, I mean, it's a world-class resort and they have, focused on like there's a uh what would you say you know family crests for bernardo de galvez of whom the Mm. hotel is named Mm -hmm. up on the like in the promenade and uh the properties 
immense and fantastic and there's a spa there but there's also this old world charm i want to say that the bar that is right there in the parlor right when you walk in is the actual bar from the original balinese room which was the fancy nightclub that was built right across the street on a pier over the gulf which the actual building of the Balinese Club survived all the way through till Hurricane Ike finally took took it down. But the Balinese Room was directly tied into the Hotel Galvez in that when uh, the Maceos, who were a couple of brothers from Sicily, they come to Galveston, one of them actually cut hair at the hotel and within a few short years, he lived in the penthouse at the hotel. They opened the Balinese room and they ran the county. They ran South Texas in a lot of ways. There's a joke about the little town right before you get to Galveston is called Dickinson, but it's technically inside of Galveston County. And when you got there, they called that the Maceo Dickinson line because everything from then on was run by these two brothers. And oddly enough, like a lot of old school, like your, your buddy, I, I, I'm losing his name now, but the guy that you, you've had him on a couple of times, but he has the, he's told the ghost stories about, Vegas. Oh yeah, Steve Stockton. Yeah, and he talked about how how you know, Vegas was a lot better when the mafia ran it. Mhm. And there are a lot of people that have the same feeling about Galveston when the Maceos ran it in that it was clean, nice, there was no crime because if there was crime and you were a reason that somebody wasn't going to come and spend money in the city, you disappeared. Uh, that doesn't, I have a, there's a real, like I have a real romance with the mafia, you know, growing up watching the Godfather and even Goodfellas. And it's like all of those mafia movies are really awesome until that point when everything starts to go to shit, you know, mm -hmm, yeah. but everything yeah. up until then is so amazing in the way that there's. Uh, there's a lot of freedom <laughs> that they provided. Uh, they Anything that you wanted in Texas during the Prohibition era could have been had uh, in Galveston. And so it became a destination for that reason. Um, and they had every musical act that you could think of come through the Balinese room from the Rat Pack to... I think even like Jimmy Stewart and I mean, they'd have comedians and performers. And so it was like a little Las Vegas and they ended up being uh, part of the group that put the strip together in Las Vegas. But at the time mm -hmm. they ran South Texas and it's funny, Al Capone even tried to get his hands into it and they were successfully able to hold off. Capone, that's how tight-knit the 
the Maceo family was. Yeah, it's got to say a lot. Well, what's really weird about it is that the first time that I used to go to Galveston all the time as a child, it was one of our summer vacation haunts. And uh, throughout that time, I guess this would have been when the Galvez was kind of on its lower end because we would stay at the fancy new San Luis down the road. And like now there's not even a question, but um, I went to Galveston for the first time in a few years, definitely since the hurricane and since the oil spill. And I saw the hotel Galvez driving down the strip and I was like, something, it sparked something in me. I knew that something was up with that place. It was weird. Hmm. And we, we ended up staying there. And I was kind of blown away. And um, my mom is a huge fan of Galveston. That was, she loves the beach. That was what we would always do. And oddly enough, you know, I'm telling her how killer the Hotel Galvez is. And she was, she had stayed there right out of high school. And her and her buddy had no money and went to Galveston just to go to the Balinese room, just because that was the, the social event and i think she told me that they honestly they had so little money that they just ordered salads but just so that they could get in the room and if you look at any old um pictures or art depictions of the balinese room it was amazing uh it looked like something that you would see in vegas in terms of the showroom you know big high ceiling and really crazy i think it was more of like an asian theme but everything was over the top oh yeah and (laughs) to the point where even when the whoever it was that ended up taking over as a attorney general or governor of texas whoever when the texas rangers decided that they wanted to try to crack down on uh, the Maceos for real and that they weren't going to be bought off or whatever. The way that the Maceos would hide the fact that they were, you know, gaming in the Balinese room, they installed like a series of doors and at, like at an, a fancy nightclub, you know, you would get to one and you had to get through that one, but then you'd go to another line and you'd have to kind of get to the, through that door. And then you'd go to another one and you'd have to get through that door and the reason that they set it up that way was that if information came that the place is getting raided, and mm-hmm. again, this is a room that's out on a pier, so it's, you know, it's got plenty of, there's a long entryway to it. So they had set up all of these little breakers, and the, uh, <laughs> the they they were finding out that obviously, hey, we're being raided, the, the Texas Rangers are here, and that the last break, uh, the, the word would spread and the band, whoever the house band was at the time would start playing the eyes of Texas That's and the awesome. crowd in the Balinese room would all stand up and cheer as the eyes of Texas have it just to slow down just right. so that the crowd became too insane for the Rangers and they would stick money in ovens and stoves and chips and flip over gaming tables and, I love stories like that. So now this was 
in the middle of prohibition era or this near the end of it? Yeah, uh, more through, if you want to say prohibition is like we had what the roaring 20s, prohibition hits in the 30s. So the, I want to say that the big crackdown didn't happen until uh, the late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. So even though um, booze and everything like that became legal, uh, Texas is still, I mean, how the county that I'm from was still dry completely up until six or seven years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So what are you doing out there? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know there's always even the, so prohibition has lasted a lot longer in terms of mm-hmm. where it was legal and where it wasn't legal. And there's a reason why you would keep something like that illegal so that people had to go somewhere to get it. And then, of course, you're able to upcharge them for doing so. And oh, and they had the secret uh, rooms for their gaming and gambling, correct? Yes. And in fact, pretty much the oldest seafood restaurant on the island is called Guido's. And it's still there. And I at one point read a quote by the owner of Guido's, who's owned it forever, that the Maceos uh, didn't ask you if you wanted gaming machines in your Mm. your restaurant. They asked you how many you wanted. It's the ABCs. (laughs) Always be closing. Right, right. There, Always there was no. That's awesome. There was no choice for you. You were going to have these. And again, um, it seems like from everything that I can see and read that they were revered. Uh, the city really loved them. But it's underneath this backdrop that I found out that the Hotel Galvez is haunted, and there's these stories of a Audra bride who. Her uh, husband was a shipman. Gets you know she would always go up into the turrets, watch for the ship. She gets word that there's a bad storm and that there are no survivors. She hangs herself, and only two days later, her fiance returns to find that his bride has committed suicide, and she's kind of the famous ghost of the hotel and is this room 501 yes okay that would be audra's former room and there's a lot of ghost stories like that associated with the hotel the difference between this summer and um previous years is that I told Matt that there was nothing in that hotel that really ever to me seemed like it was evil or scary. It was all just a uh, good ghosty fun, very, very active, but not mm. in a, not in a scary way, more in a creepy way. You know, a dish will fly off of a table or, which I mean, some people would be completely freaked out by any of that, but you know, not anything that just like made my blood run cold. And this year, we decided that we always go right after uh, 
Labor Day? Is Labor Day or Memorial Day the one at the beginning of the, the end of the summer? Labor uh, Day, right? I That's a really good... Isn't it... Mem- I don't quite know. I'd have to Google that. I'm bad with Labor dates. Day. I'm super bad with dates. Yeah, I think it's Labor Day. It's the end of the summer bash. Yeah. And so right around the beginning of September, people all go back to school and leave, and it's a really great time to go to the island. So we had kind of planned to do some live broadcasting and we we're going to ghost ghosty it up. And the concierge at the hotel and who I now consider a dear friend of mine, her name is Melissa Hall. She's the director of first impressions for the hotel Galvez and just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful soul of a lady. When she wasn't there the day that we checked in the next morning, I see her and it's like, I've got so much to tell you. Da, 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 da. And she kept talking about the seventh floor and the seventh floor is where the suites are. So there's 200 and some odd rooms in the hotel Galvez and there's six suites, like a presidential suite, et cetera, et cetera, upstairs at the top. And so this is an area of the hotel I haven't even been to because, you know, one of those things where you have to have the key code or the key mm-hmm. to your card has to be special to even get up there. And just for a little bit more history on the hotel, like when oddly enough, Lyndon B. Johnson was president, the hotel Galvez was like his Southern white house. Okay. Uh, during World War II, the Hotel Galvez is where the Coast Guard ran their operation out of. There's a lot of history running through that place, just to mention the presidential suite. Well, sh- there's a little boardroom upstairs, and the Galvez is famous for weddings and fanciful occasions. And so there's a boardroom in an area of the hotel that is original. This is an area that has not been renovated really ever because it's like fundamental to the hotel. It's like this little A-frame. And when people look at the pictures of the hotel, you'll see that there's, uh, while the hotel makes a sort of U-shape facing the Gulf at the, at the top, there's sort of an A-frame and four turrets on each side and that area is original construction up in there mm-hmm. and this little boardroom place where if you were having a wedding party there or whatever that they could have a meeting in this room but there's a lot of like not a big reason for people to just be rolling through there it's not like a ton of guests go through that area I mean, obviously, you're not even allowed on that floor unless you're booked into one of those rooms. And she was telling me that Melissa immediately tells me that one of the security guards was going up into that room and he walked through. And like, as soon as he crossed the threshold, there's this long table with all these chairs set around it, fancy leather chairs, and the the chair to the right like the right hand of the head of the table turned and looked at him very Dr. Evil style. Mm. 
just turns and faces him and he got this feeling like he walked into somewhere where he shouldn't be. And I'm, I had this thing where I was all focused. We were going to broadcast from 501. So I was more focused on that room and that story. And, and the security guard, not to interrupt you, but, uh, that was on in the 700s. He was on the seventh floor. Yeah, it's, okay. it's the seventh floor, and that's the boardroom. And she, Melissa, was kind of telling me about this place, and she ended up taking me up there during the day, showing me around. And it has a different feel than a lot of the other places in the hotel, for sure. Hmm. And we ended up doing a live broadcast from up there, and... I will say that that ended up being um, probably the most freaked out that I've ever been in terms of doing something where I went to a quote-unquote haunted location. If I can say, um, you know, our podcast, we're big on the legend tripping Mm -hmm. and finding little spots that are cool to go to and going there and encouraging other people to go there. And, um, the Galvez in general is a great place to go, whether or not you're into this kind of stuff, you know, it's kick-ass hotel right on the water. Forget about it. Um, the, the first time that I went and stayed there for an extended amount of time, I, it was a Monday night, Monday night football was on. It was the first night of football season. I was there with my parents and, Sadie was in bed with my mom and dad and I were watching football and I walked out into the hallway to get some ice and we were on the fifth floor. So the fifth floor is supposed to be the really active floor. And I walked down to the ice machine and I could smell pipe smoke in the hallway, like hardcore pipe smoke. And, you know, there's signs everywhere. Like, don't you be smoking in this effing hotel period, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And let me tell you, don't be smoking in that hotel. I've seen them crack down on folks. And so I was like, this is weird. And this is one of the things that I've heard about this room or about this hotel. Odd smells, you know, and who smokes a pipe? You know, like it doesn't have weed in it. So <laughs> uh, I, I got ice and I walked back in and I told my father, Dad, you've got to go out into the hallway and check this out. My dad's just looking at me like, you idiot. There ain't nothing. He, he's not believing any of this business. But he walks okay. outside and he's like, yep, I smell it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. It's not just me. So after everybody had gone to bed, um, I was actually texting Matt. And this was two years ago. Just texting Matt like, I'm here. I'm going to walk down here and take a picture of this 501. But I got to the little, the end of the hallway, it tees into this, where the, again, there's like a main row of rooms. And then on both sides of the hotel, on both the east and west sides, then the rooms jut out towards the water. Mm-hmm. So I was right there where the little T is, right there by the ice machine. And I just decided I'm going to pull out my iPhone, turn on the voice recorder, and I'm like, for anybody up here and um 
when I got back to the room, I played it. It was like a minute long and there was a response um, that was audible. Not like I didn't have to amp it up or anything. You could just hear like a really, really breathy, like, yeah, or whatever. So I knew that there was stuff going on at the hotel, you know? Like, now, how far from 501 were you guys, if you're on the fifth floor? What room are you guys in? Do you remember? Um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, one of the... <laughs> we're on the... In the very, very fancy adjoining rooms right in the center of the hotel. So, I don't know. Just right down the hall. So, what's but the story again, with the, the pipe smoke? Is there a separate story tied to someone smoking... Um, tobacco I, I and don't a pipe. Think it's a, yeah, I don't know if it's a story that's directly tied to anyone though. I mm-hmm. do know I've heard of there being like a strong male presence in the hotel that mm-hmm. maybe is an old shipman. Um and again, we've had the conversation about pirates and Yes, we will be getting into well, those photos by the way. Okay. Um I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to ramble. But I did want to at least like sh- share with the fact that, like, I, just like I did in Falk, Arkansas, I randomly pull out my phone and uh-huh. try to record something, and something happened. And that that happened in Galveston. Yeah, because you're a punk. You, you know, some of us are looking every day for something to just. And we've talked recently about this about lighting fires and getting a little bored with certain subjects and. uh yeah, you're just like, you just walk in and just own the place. You're like, yep, ghost talk to me, Sasquatch talk to me. Them Sasquatch love Clint Granberry. Yeah. I don't know about, I don't know about that. Oh, right. sure. It, it's silly to say. It's so silly to sit outside of yourself and think about that. But sure, there are people that are listening to me that have not heard any of what we speak, but. Yeah, I mean, I've just randomly turned on my phone a couple of times and had some pretty incredible yeah. shit happen. So I already knew that the hotel was was game. And so uh, I guess I'll just tell you a little bit more about what happened this last yes. time. And then we can kind of talk about Please some of that do. other evidence. Yes. So we went to 501. We broadcasted live, like Facebook Live. It was kick-ass. I think we started a little bit late, especially since fans of the podcast that lived in Australia um, and some of my buddies on the West Coast. Shout out to Jara and Sean. These guys are like commenting on everything that's going on there. And Josh and all these dudes are, it was cool, like, but nothing really happened. Um, I mean, we caught a lot of audience. It's so funny for me to say nothing really happened. And I probably had like 25 EVPs from that night. It's like from a whole season of Ghost Adventures. You're like, nothing happened. We're good. It's kind of boring. But it wasn't. I I don't know. It just went out of control. And I mean, we played Uh, some of them on on the show and you can go check that out. That's right. I mean, really interesting stuff. Um, Yeah. And speaking of that, did you guys play most of the EVPs that you caught? on OK Talk, did you cut those into your Galvez episodes so that people can listen there's to those? A, there's a lot of them in the uh, the heavy hand of the Velvet Glove episode. There you go. That Yes, um, that one. And the Velvet Glove is a reference to Maceo, yes. Sam Maceo. And, uh, but so 
the next night, like, well, let's let's go up to the to this boardroom, see what this is all about. And all day long, again, as I'm sitting by this, like, the most immaculate swimming pool area, like, you don't have to worry about going down to the beach. Like, you've seen pictures, you know, you know how fancy mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. It's just kick ass. But I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about what I want to do and having these conversations about this hotel and that um, when I did the little walkthrough with Melissa, I don't even think that at the time, I'm not sure that she knew that Sam Maceo lived there, but Hmm. she obviously was like, you know, if you had the rat pack coming to play the Balinese room across the street, they're obviously staying at the penthouse at the Galvez. Uh, so she was kind of like, you can imagine what happened up here. And I'm thinking about like, oh my Lord, the parties that have happened in this little room, which there's this boardroom at the end, but there's a parlor there in front of it with a bar and with a wet bar. That's like a private, there's nobody up there, you know, except guests. There's not any workers up there, uh, staff. Um, so I was kind of thinking like, man, we should try to kind of recreate the atmosphere tonight, like maybe go up there. And I was pulling some old school music on my phone, on my phone, everything from, you know, twenties and thirties to, um, fever by Peggy Lee and Peggy Lee, right? Or is it Brenda Lee? I can't recall. I think it's Peggy Lee. I think it's Peggy Lee. Yeah, definitely Peggy Lee. I think you have it right there. I don't know who Brenda Lee is. <laughs> Maybe she makes cakes made or something. a new star. That's a joke. Yeah. That's a joke. That's a Sarah Lee joke. Sorry, kids. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I'm like getting all this music together and I buy a bottle of champagne. And uh, the thing is, is like they give me an escort. Like I have a security detail with me. Young kid. Really, really good dude. But he's not buying any of it, apparently. And there's several things about this evening that is really weird. And one of them is the fact that we were only up there for 45 minutes, which shocks me because it felt so much longer. It was one of these weird time situations that you get into but we go into the boardroom crack the champagne bottles set the glasses down and i'm rolling obviously and we're doing a video feed live on facebook and i'm just chatting it up and at a there's some strange sounds going on uh outside of the room there's like an attic area and but not really a whole lot of anything and we've got music playing on the laptop and uh as soon as i start to bring up and i want to tell you this like you know i'm a really affable guy like i'm not a jerk something in me clicked to feel like I needed to, uh, I started like talking shit to the spirit. I don't know how else to say it, but I was very, I think that the person up here is a bully. 
And that's the feeling that I got. I was getting this feeling like, you don't want to be in here. You need to get out of here kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think that you're kind of a bully. And um, I started saying things along the lines of, what can you tell me about the Dixie Mafia? What can you tell me about the Hotel Galvez and the Maceos? And um, I start kind of mentioning that I'm the one that's in charge and we have like a video at my phone set up facing into the boardroom, but we're not in the boardroom. And I got up and walked into, and again, I just crossed the threshold and I'm standing there right in front of that table. And there's this thing, it happens and the video is, still available you can check this out and i think it's obvious that at least it is to me there's this like energy force Mm. that comes kind of out of the corner of the room which means i think whatever it was that was up there was probably hanging out in that attic area that's the other thing we went we opened up those doors in the attic and i was like come on out come on out and party and you know i'm like shining my light up in there and being real loud and then we started hearing stuff back out in the parlor area so we walked back out and did the uh did the young security guard who was quite skeptical did he feel this force coming through he 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 witnessed the things that he would witness within the next uh few minutes would definitely change oh continue what was happening yes continue so I'm kind of just standing there at the end of this table. And if you can imagine, there's a light fixture above, like a running of lights above the table. So where you can have the lights in the room down, but, you know, the lights are shining down on the table. Mm-hmm. And um, there was this, I, I'm not going to say that I, I saw anything because I didn't really see anything. Um but I could just feel it. It like came out of the corner and I could hear it and feel it. It was like it was running along the light fixtures. And if you look at the video, the lights, like I'm pointing the camera, like at this point I picked the, pick my phone up and I'm pointing it. And it was uh, in, like in my ear, it sounds like it's like, like an energy surge that goes from, and I'm physically watching it come down the light fixture and I have my camera on it and you can tell like it looks like my camera goes out of focus, but it doesn't because the corners of the rooms are all, the lines are sharp. It's not like where, you know, your camera's trying to fade in and out. It it. literally makes the lights go to like almost where they look like little suns. Like the Mm -hmm. difference between you shining your camera at just a light in the room or when you point it at the sun. And it came all the way down and went through me. And I didn't move. I just like turned my torso and looked behind me like I felt it come through me. Like I think I just called it and it came at me. So it was like a concussive force on your body even. Yeah. And we actually captured that the noise that it was, this is what's crazy, was uh, like subsonic. 
Mm. So like infrasoundy. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how else. To I say like that, that word infrasoundy. It makes sense to me you, because we've all heard you, re- recordings, and I mean, I think unless you're there, you can't really quantify that. Well, yeah, saying, you know, but, you hear reports. Yeah. You hear reports of these things that are they're outside the range of human hearing. Yeah. And when you're looking at the spectrograph of this stuff, like you can see it and it's like well below and I don't I'm I don't know all the Hertz talk, mm-hmm. but it's below the Hertz level. And I mean it made a crazy like Yeah, we need sound. David Not- David Ellis on for that. Um where can people find this video that you're speaking about? It's on our YouTube page, which is just okay. OK Talk Show. And it's also on our Facebook page, which okay. is OK Talk Show. All right. I will make sure to link uh, the video in both places because uh, it's pretty interesting. I think the, the my favorite part is where you said in the middle it's all blurry, uh, even over the, over the lights, where it should be very focused. And then the edges are very focused. That, uh, that is very striking, sir. Like yeah. That. There's and there's a what's really cool if you do watch the video on the Facebook page, you see the comments in real time. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'd never done that before. I'd never gone back and watched like a live Facebook broadcast because you know you're sitting there and you people are commenting. Yeah. So, but I didn't know that when you went back and watched it, it plays them for you just the same. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool thing to watch because you can see the people and I'm not seeing this because I'm not looking at my phone. No, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the folks saying? Are they saying, oh, shit, watch your back? Well, there there is like a crazy like dark shadow that's going on in the boardroom before I pick the phone up. And um, there's something going on there. I'll just say that. Uh, I think that if you look at it, I, I, I mean, I see what they're saying when they're saying it looks like there's something over there in the corner. The crazy thing is, is that's basically the corner from whence it came at me. So what do you think it is? Is it now what now you said it physically like you felt it basically move through you. Was it negative? Was it positive? Was it neutral? Was it a person? No, 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 no. There was nothing positive about it mm. at all. I like that. That's, I'm sorry, but I do. Yeah, that's uh, it, that's kind of what I mean when I say that the, I knew that there was stuff going on in this hotel. Yeah. What was going on up in that room was not just, oh, uh, a spirit. Uh, so we're not was, just talking about some sad bride, and I know that's more tied to 501, but are there reports of things that have never been on this planet that inhabit the hotel something demonic or anything here's here's the way that i think that i think this is probably the best way to look at it if the guy who basically ran the mafia lived right there that's where they would have their meetings and so sam they called him the velvet glove because he was the dude who the good looking one that smoothed over everything Mm -hmm. you know he was the public figure of the macios his brother not so much. His brother was the hardcore business handler, if you will want to say that. And that room, you have to imagine that if the 
you know, the Dixie Mafia ran their operations out of that little room, there's a good chance that people walked in that room that didn't walk out. All right. Yeah, just watch Goodfellas. That's one of my favorite movies. Remember, yeah. the is that near the end where they pull the guy in the garage and he just thinks they're going to have a, a meeting and he he walks in and there's there's plastic everywhere on the floor and he's like, ah, oh, shit. And sure oh, shit. enough, he just gets <laughs> dropped within five seconds. He's just like, okay, there you go. Clint, Coincidentally, you, my what's that? Coincidentally, my favorite my favorite good fellas scene is when Joe Pesci is kicking the shit out of that dude, oh, and uh, Donovan's Atlantis is playing yes loudly in the background, way down <laughs> as he's just stomping that dude's head in the ground. I mean, the amount thing. of of clothing that they ruined with blood and brain matter all over it and they just don't give a shit and they just keep on the bats just keep on flying or the boots keep on stomping right right love that and show i think that's i think that's probably the uh the best explanation for what was going on up there and mm -hmm. uh if you listen to that episode i have a little clip at the beginning from the very popular television show the sopranos and my very very favorite Sopranos episode involves uh, Christopher after he's been shot. He comes out of his coma and he tells Tony and Pauly that uh, he was at a bar. Like he was, he's like, I'm going to hell. You know, mm -hmm. I was in this, uh, I was in this Irish bar and the Irish guys were winning every hand. And Mikey Parmesi was there, who was the guy that they killed. Mm -hmm. And he told me to tell Tony and Pauly 3 a.m. Well, Tony doesn't give a shit, but Paulie's completely freaked out. He's like, what does this mean, this 3 a.m. business? And so he thinks about it, and the whole episode's about how he's worried about it. But they, he goes to a psychic, and he's there, and he's just sitting there with all these other normal people in the room, and the psychic is, you know, kind of trying to talk to a spirit, and then he starts looking at Paulie, but, like, looking at him over his shoulder, and he's like, I hear you, calm down. And Paulie's like, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> you know, looking over his shoulder and, and the guy's like, he's, 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 you know, telling him to calm down, but looking over his shoulder and he's like, he says his name is Sonny. Your son, you're here with your son. Oh, 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 Sonny, Sonny, Sonny Bagano. And he's like, how do you know that? And he goes, he says he was your first, mm. but I sent many more. And you have to think this is it's a genius scene where uh, Paulie is coming to the realization that all of these people that he's clipped throughout his career are following him around and that that just because they were in the game, as it were, it didn't make it OK that you murdered people, you know, right. uh, and that's kind of like, I don't know if what's upstairs is somebody that was doing the killing or if there's a bunch of people up there i have no idea but um we did have this really weird experience where we we actually left the room to leave the recorder running and we went downstairs and and, and i'm talking about myself in the security guard and I, at this point uh we had plans to investigate the ballroom downstairs 
and we're just completely, I'm completely wiped out. Like it took everything out of me. When you hear about somebody saying that they're drained, that something happened to them and it drained me, like that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I can prove that it kind of did because the night before I'm all, I'm, I'm gung ho. I can go late night. I can do it. I usually feed off of it. And this was the reverse of that. Like I didn't have anything left. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to. But when we went back upstairs, we sat on the couch, just the two of us had all the lights off and we kept having crazy interference with our, um, laptop. Like the, we would, we would be playing songs. And if you watch the video, you can see, cause I'm kind of like egging it on with the songs that I'm playing and stuff. And, uh, the, the YouTube videos would just stop and, they would start like the screen would start scrolling like the white line down like the old school when your television was like on a vcr or something yeah right right like stuff that i've never seen youtube videos do before yeah and and we were this was really weirding him out because as a (laughs) he's you know 20 something he's like this is weird i've never seen youtube do this before but um I hear, uh, there's a moment where I hear, uh, a voice in the room. And this is one of the only times that I heard something with my, with the naked ear, as mm-hmm. it were, like in terms of like a voice, not, there's a lot of cracking and popping going on in that room. But this was the first time that I heard a voice. And I say to him, did you hear that? That sounds like a girl. And you can clear as day hear that recording. And it was like the energy in the room changed. And my energy changed in terms of like, I started talking to her and I'm all sweet, you know? What did you hear? She, uh, she says like, go away or I think she's saying get away or go away, but not to me, Mm -hmm. like to the negative spirit. Right. It's in there. That's almost worse, again. That's isn't my interp- again. That's my interpretation of it. Yeah. But I kind of, I kind of, and I knew where she was, Shannon. Like she was right there. Like mm. he was over there to the right, like towards the boardroom. All that evil shit was coming out of that room, mm-hmm. and she was right over here by the bar. She was like, I heard the voice. I say to him, like, did you hear that? That sounds like a girl, and. Um, obviously we captured it and it, again, it's like stay away or get away or go away. Any guesses who she was? That's the thing. Like you would love to figure this out. Right. But in doing a bunch of reading on the hotel, there are a lot of books about this time frame in Texas history. And I was just Google documenting, reading, um, some chapters from one particular book and he's talking about how Sam Maceo is trying to cut a deal with this dude from Vegas and it has Mm. to do with the strip and he brought this hooker down from Dallas because of her skills so you can only imagine the infinitum amount of women yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
we want to talk about how the Native American history gets overrun. You can only imagine the 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 side pieces, whether they be dudes that worked in the casinos or the mm-hmm. Balinese room or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the insignificance that get rolled on. Yeah. I don't know. And I tried to talk to her, and I talked really. If it's okay, you know, you don't. I again, when she said something, I didn't know what she had said. I just heard a woman's voice in the room. Okay. Um, like I didn't understand what she said, you Uh know? Um, but yeah, uh, the funny thing is, is the next night I wanted to go back for some stupid fucking reason. And we went back up there. I had a key card and access to 505 all night long. And 505 is the room next to 501 and has had a lot of crazy activity too. Like, you know, the people that are in another room will call and say, hey, will you tell our neighbors to keep it down? You know, there's talking, the TV's turned on real loud, da, da, da. And there's nobody in that room. Oh, shit. So, Love it. We're, so, like, I'm excited about, like, we're going to go up to the boardroom. We're going to take Davis up to the boardroom with me, the, the security guard who had the chair turn around and look at him. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go to 505. And we go up to the boardroom and... There was, um, we we're all sitting at the table and there's a noise that happens in that room that I swear it sounded like somebody turned a blender on behind me. Um, and people that worked at the hotel were watching the live feed mm-hmm. and there's, you know, there's two rooms that have a jacuzzi and we're trying to figure out like, could that possibly be like, did somebody turn a jacuzzi on? Is that... And then the area that we're on, like, no, like that wouldn't happen. And it happened right in that room. And, um, after not very long, again, we leave and I am completely drained. I I did everything in my power to get my energy back up. I went, got something to eat. I went downstairs and was drinking some cold brew coffee and no. And the security guard was like, come on, man, let's go to five Oh five. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and there was no explanation for what that noise could have been. Even the people that worked there that were watching the live feed are like, we have no clue. Yeah. And the weird thing is, um, there's a man, his name is Mr. Bobby. He's an old black guy who has been there for 50 some odd years. And in fact, there's, wow. we're thinking that he overlapped with the Maceo's at the hotel. When I was the week that I was there, he was actually out. Um, but he has just recently come back to work at the hotel oh in like God. last week. Now he, of all the places, Melissa told me he wouldn't go up there. Of all the places. And this, this is dude, a dude this, that has his, been there for 50 years. Yeah. And he's Mr. If you Google <sighs> the hotel Galvez, like you'll see Bobby, he's, wow. you know, he's, Really sharp dress, uh, got a little, some wispy gray hair. Mm-hmm. Like you'll recognize him immediately. He's on all of the television. Whenever anybody goes there to right. interview somebody, he's the one that talks to him. And he's, he physically saw like a glass fly off of a table in the ballroom. And, and yet it's the boardroom that freaks him out that he doesn't want to go to. Dude, plastic on the floor. I'm telling you. 
what in the world happened up there if the walls could speak, right? Right. And I kind of feel like they do, though. That's the thing. Well, yeah, it ran right through your ass. See, when I think really- I think it's very fascinating when you're you're so amped up for a place and within a matter of minutes you're just you're wiped and you like the it's not that the excitement is gone it's just that you cannot even fathom moving your feet 10 more steps because you're so damn tired after what happened that's interesting right and again i'm the guy i'm the last one to go to bed Mm -hmm. well and you you have those hours anyway right for for work you're up late a lot of the time. Yeah. I, and you keep I, odd hours. Yeah. And uh, it's just bizarre that I would get shut down like that two nights in a row. Right. And again, I can't tell you how weird it was to me to realize that we were only up there. And I, I say like we were there for like an hour because the video is right at an hour long. Mm-hmm. But again, we leave for 10 minutes to see if uh, something will happen when we leave. And and when I realized how long we were up there, I was dumbfounded. I was convinced like we had to the way that I felt, you know, like we had to have been up there like three or four hours. You know what I mean? Like right. Half thing. And, and I've not, there, especially in ghosty situations, nothing ever like that, ever. And you hear these people talk about something coming at them. And that's the best way to explain whatever that, that charge was. And the crazy thing is, is this is the second time that I've talked about that coming through that like every time I think about it mm-hmm. every freaking hair on my body stands up like it's it was primal how evident it was to me right after it happened what did you do uh you mean like when we left the room yeah like the second it you realized oh shit that moved through me did you did you call it out did you say something i look at the camera and i was like you guys felt that too which is stupid because how would somebody through a camera feel it um but you did say that they were reacting on facebook they could they could tell something had gone on yeah, that was, and it was right before I picked up the video and walked in the room. Mm-hmm. There's like some sort of a black shadow that's mm. amassing itself up in the corner. And again, I did the thing that you're not supposed to do, or that if you want to, there's this attic room up there. There's, and you'll see it in the video, there's like a lot of corners and a lot of dark places where things could hide. And we walked in there and I was poking the fucking thing with a stick. You know, I, I got what was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just, you don't expect it to really, you know, there was some, this was also one of these things where I've never done a live video feed of one of these things. Mm -hmm. And there was also this sort of silly sense of performance art going on where I didn't really, like I was doing it for the masses. You know, yeah, I, I and I was going to say that if I, I would imagine if I was on Facebook Live and you're in a haunted location, 
you're probably just assuming, okay, I need to kind of carry this thing because nothing is going to happen. I, I, at least that in my mindset would be going on. So I could totally see where you're like, Hey, I need to kind of be the entertainer and people are watching and you're completely caught off guard because you're like, Holy shit, that just happened. Well, yeah, it's like nothing's going to happen when I'm live. Right. It's that feeling. It, it was just like performed. The, invinci- the invisibility cloak. Uh huh. People are watching. Nobody's, nothing's really going to happen or it's cool and nothing's really going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, <clears throat> and then, like I said, we were, we went down to the ballroom shortly thereafter and, uh, the ballroom is right there where that picture was taken, the wedding photo. Mm-hmm. And that, that bathroom is right there at the end of the hall. And we're right there. This is an, a super active area in the hotel. And I just, I had nothing left. Yeah, we need to talk about those photos. And before we do, I want to backtrack just, just for a moment because... Something that you said jogged my memory when you were on for your Devil Dog Road episode. You said that the mechanic in Kingman said that there was a magnet and that it would draw people in. No matter how it might have happened, a flat tire or an accident or gas or food, people would get drawn into Kingman. And I want to know why two brothers that are in Sicily... Now, did they go right from Sicily to Galveston? And why would they choose that place of all the places in the U.S.? Why Galveston? Yeah, again, I uh, the only connection to people getting off of the boat there is that I do think that there was kind of a, a good influx of immigrants into the area, especially okay. with Houston being a major port. Right. But um, I want to say that they sent their family there ahead of them, or at least one of them did, like sent wife and kids ahead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny is you're talking about Goodfellas. And I can't remember if I sent you the link, but the, the Maceo's house that they owned in Galveston looks like straight out of central casting. No, I didn't see that. Okay, I have to look that up now. All right. Yeah, that's interesting and again, to me. It's, it's brilliant. You're looking at this place and you could easily see it being somewhere in Vegas. Uh-huh. You know, uh, it's just sprawling, the swimming pool and uh, Yeah, a lot of white bit. like pillars and stuff, right? <laughs> it's just it's so uh turn of the century. Mm-hmm. Um, chic, which it just looks like such a killer place. Yeah. Uh, party I think one of the, one of the, whether it's Texas Monthly or one of the big publications here in Texas had a spread of it, but. Who owns that place now, oh, you know? Excuse me. Uh, the Galvez is a Wyndham property. Oh, I'm, I'm, I was talking about the, uh, about the, the old Maceo house. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was, uh, I don't think the thing that I read about it was because it was for sale. But they should I'm not make sure. it like a museum or something. Uh, do you know if one of the Maceos or both maybe are said to haunt the Galvez? Or is that a little too poetic? No, I mean, I'm telling you as far as... So, Melissa has been doing the the ghost tour. 
um, just over a year. Now it's been well over a year, but it's odd enough. I actually went on her first ghost tour. I just happened to be at the Galvez. Come on. And I really? got in on the meet. I got, yeah, I got to go on the media tour and, um, we do the podcast that we did a year ago about that. And the tour is so successful that they decide to make it year round, not just through October. And it's so chill. Like she's amazing. All the stories you get to do the whole walkthrough and then, you know, fancy dinner to the nines. Right. That's, and you can have, you can obviously do like the overnight package where you get a room tossed in there with it or whatever. But, uh, and many shout outs to Wyndham cause they've been really, uh, Christine and Melissa are two awesome people. It's a great place if you're in Texas to go hang out, but it's also where they have like the Texas radio hall of fame banquet is at the Galvez. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a special, special place, but so the the first very first ever ghost tour that she gives i'm there and this is the thing is that come back a year later and now the now the ghost tour has expanded to where they're going up to the boardroom and stuff and oh boy i was like yeah i was like i don't even know anything about this and oddly enough this is how hardcore those last couple of days uh, were there that I was going to eat at one of the numerous fancy, and I say fancy, I don't mean fancy, but just kick-ass seafood restaurants that mm-hmm. are in Galveston downtown. And there's a little shop called The Witchery. And I'm like looking at that place. I'm like, I need to go check that place out. And after what happened to me up at the boardroom, I went over there directly to purchase some sage and gave it to Melissa for the fact of like, Hey, you know, um, if that's the room that you're going up to and you're taking people up there, you need to be packing some equipment to make sure that you don't take any of that shit home. And that's the difference between just the, Oh, it's the fifth floor and room 501 and Mm -hmm. there's crazy stuff. And, there's a big difference just between the feel of the rest of the hotel and that area. Now to top it all off, there's children that run around downstairs. Um, and I say children, I mean children that sensitives and mediums and such have, there have been people that have seen a little girl run behind a staircase and then not be there. See, now, that said, what's the story behind the children? Well, see, I originally thought that uh, that location right there was the orphanage, but she said that it's actually just a couple of blocks away. Mm. But when I do know that when the hurricane hit the island, that the orphanage got wiped out. And one of the things that they found was that, like, they would find the nuns with the rope tied around their waist, tied Mm. around all of these little kids. Oh. And so I don't know if that's part of it, if that's part of the people that are, Mm -hmm. the the kids that are attached to the area. I I don't know. You know, I start thinking about why in the heck would there be children ghosts? I still don't get it. 
I'm also kind of skeptical sometimes of are they really kids? Yeah. The little tricksters, yeah, just marauding is something else. Yeah, they like to act like children and get you to come into the woods. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a whole nother. If I heard a baby cry in the woods, these folks that are like, oh, there's a baby cry in the woods. I'm going to go run towards that. There is almost nothing creepier that I can think of than your camping somewhere or you're walking somewhere and there's a damn baby crying in the woods and this is a whole nother subject can of worms and we're getting off track but i've said it before and i'll say it again if there's a baby crying in the woods i'm out i'm not gonna go run towards it i'm sorry that's just effing stupid like the very very great carl pilkington told ricky gervais that one of the scariest things he could think of would be a baby laughing. Indeed. It made Ricky Gervais laugh really hard when he heard it. But think <laughs> about it. If you woke up in auto night, oh. you heard a baby laughing. Yeah, that, that good old meme that's like you wake up to a, a baby crying or laughing at 3 a.m., but you don't have a damn baby. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's trouble. It's, it's a lot but, of trouble. Okay, so Melissa's doing these tours. And you've had this epic experience where something, you catch it on film and you feel it. What kind of things has Melissa experienced while she's doing these tours, especially now that she's going up to the boardroom? I think the the coolest story that she told me um, is that, um, so as concierge, obviously, she takes care of people and she said that she saw that this guest had checked in and had requested just not to be on the fifth floor. Like no matter what, I don't want to be on the fifth floor. And, uh, so after he had checked in, she was reading the notes, you know, that they took down when they took his reservation and she called up to the room and talked to him for a minute. And so I can ask you, why is it that you don't want to be on the fifth floor? And he said, well, I was here for business a couple months ago or whatever. And, uh, it was middle of the afternoon. We've been out all day, wanted to take a little bit of a nap. And he said he was laying down on the bed, just about to go to sleep. And like in the periphery of his vision, he sees something that's like below the bed level move Mm. and that it like startled him. And then he felt something jump up on the bed. And then he felt this feeling like something was on his arm, like he was laying on his back with his arms spread out and that he couldn't move his arm for a minute. And he was like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It was just like the craziest 30 seconds or whatever. And don't want to be there again. And it was in this room, like five something. I can't remember which one, but so she said that, uh, they were doing a tour and there was a lady that was on doing the ghost tour with him that was saying that she was pretty sensitive to stuff. And Melissa was like, you know, she hadn't talked about this guy having this weird story. That's not like part of her tour or whatever. She just, this is just, you know, a story that a guest had related to her. So it's a few weeks later or whatever. And they're in the hotel. She's given the ghost tour and they're walking towards 501 and that woman that's a sensitive was like, hold up. And she stopped 
and she put her hand on that door and she looked at Melissa and was like, there's an animal in here. Oh, shit. An animal? Like a pet, like a dog or a cat or something. Oh, okay. That's, so little, that's a little it, like, better than I was thinking, but he said it was below bed level, right? So it all ties in. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And she said that definitely creeped her out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, she's seen she's seen a lot. She's heard a lot. She's was just telling me the other day that um, one of the little girls at the hotel apparently is someone that they can tie back to historically Mm. and that it's somebody that's tied into a family and that there was somebody who was on the tour that apparently helped one of the children cross over. Wow. So there isn't a time when I don't talk to her where she's like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to tell you (laughs) what's been going on. Now, how long has it been since you've, you've been there, Clint? We were there beginning of September. So. And has Matt been there before? No, he hasn't. Uh, we are planning on doing, we're thinking that we would get to go December uh, for a night, but mm. probably uh, this has ended up being like the craziest effing month of my life. So we'll probably go sometime after the beginning of the year and uh, hopefully do a lot of the same. Um, I'm really into the Facebook live video thing, but let me just tell you, um, it was so funny because I was pissed when it happened, but I got this notification that we were like in Facebook jail for what? For, for a copyright violation. And it was because I guess like I'd gotten the phone too close to uh fever by Peggy Lee was playing in the background. Oh and boy. The, Facebook algorithm picked up on it and claimed that it was violated and they put us in jail. That's actually impressive that uh, during a live feed, they can actually uh, pick up on that. So what happened? happened It happened to a radio show that I worked on that I work on just a couple of days ago where like uh, it's a nationally syndicated show and they were going to, for the first time, do a Facebook live of the show for Mm -hmm. an hour and the, music that we play as a network down to the affiliates to let them know, Hey, the program's coming is the final countdown. <laughs> so it's like, nah, 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 nah. you know, and it's like uh-huh. your SRN program will begin in 60 seconds. Nah, 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 nah. And yeah, that I told them that I was like, I love Facebook live, but I got put in Facebook jail and sure as sure enough, like as soon as they stopped the feed, they got the email and they got shut down for it. So they, what, hold your video for a certain amount of time, or what happens with that? Yeah, there was a thing where it was like, basically, you can request um, that they lift it, and you oh, have to say that you are the owner of that copyright. And so, obviously, I don't own Peggy Lee's Fever, but <laughs> Dadis Perry was the one that was entertaining people in that video. So they're like, that's mm-hmm. my video. So just because I had that music playing in the background, screw you, I signed some online affidavit, and they released it. What a pain in the ass. Again, I signed it as the name Dadis Perry. So. That's right. You get that, Dadis. Because that's how I do. Mr. Perry yeah. in the house. Do you want to wanna talk about the, the picture? Oh, yes. In fact, I have it open on my phone right now. 
Um, so let's first discuss uh, the ladies, uh, the four ladies in the picture. Is that the lovely Melissa in the forefront with the glasses and the dark hair? No, no. Those are just, uh, you, you can look up Melissa via my friends and such. Uh, I can't, I'm sure that some of her posts have come across your desk cause I, well, I can share her stuff. Yeah. Especially these, these, she's sitting right there and you know, here's my view of the fancy Christmas tree and all that. But, um, no, so those are women on a go on, like in the middle of a ghost tour, oh. right by the spa, there's a bathroom and, you know, men's and women's bathroom. Mm-hmm. And there has been a lot of activity reported in those rooms. In fact, one of the only uh, videos, quote unquote, or TV shows that have ever been there, one of the guys went into the women's bathroom and there was a lot of reports of like women would go in there and they'd hear someone in the stall crying and they couldn't get them to like respond to them. So they'd mm. go tell hotel staff, hotel staff would go there. Obviously there's nobody there. So there have been a lot of reports of that. And there's this video of a guy sitting in the dark in one of the stalls and he flips out. Like, I don't know if he heard a voice or something touched him. I can't remember. But so there's like just a general creepiness to that area of the hotel. That spa is built on the cap rock and, um, anyway, so these women, they're doing the whole tour and there's, uh, obviously like a row of sinks and mirrors, but directly behind the door, like if you open the door to the bathroom, you know, it pushes open and then it closes back right there at the little entry. There's also a mirror right there. Well, whoever put that mirror right there didn't heed the warning of many a, many a sensitive person who said that something you should never do is have two mirrors facing one another. Because mm. stuff can get trapped in there. And they're taking this selfie, just of them, before they leave the haunted women's bathroom on this tour. And didn't even notice it at the time. I think uh, not till like the next morning before they checked out, but looking through their pictures that there's like a dude in the mirror, but he's not in the mirror in front of him. And again, you could see, so they're standing there taking a selfie, pointing the mirror, like pointing the phone back towards the mirror behind him on the wall. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the reflection of that, you can see the mirrors that are in front of them. And then it's like in the reflection back. So like three mirrors into this never ending cycle of mirrors. There's a dark skinned guy with like a puffy shirt. And so Melissa's like, this is crazy, right? Look at this picture. It's crazy. She's like, but that's not even the thing. So this had like that picture was taken in August and uh, she said that that happened. And a couple of weeks later, she gets an email from a woman who had gotten married there in 2007 or 2006, like because they were going through their wedding photos for like an anniversary thing. and. They're standing right there. Um, 
at the far end of the promenade where like there's a huge oil painting of Bernardo de Galvez on the wall. And then if mm-hmm. you were like looking at where that couple is right there, if you take a right, that bathroom's just right over there. Mm. And okay. um, so there's this picture of them that just somebody took and you can see all the guests and there's bubbles mm-hmm. like somebody's blowing bubbles, you know, and it's the couple and they're just looking at the camera smiling. And I guess when they're rolling through their photos on their big screen notices something over shoulder. And I mean, what would you say? Um, well, I, I text you today because you had sent the, these pictures, um, what, two days ago or day before yesterday. I'm at work today and I was screwing around with a picture of the bride and I just, I cropped it and then I brought the brightness up and I freaked myself out because until I did that, I didn't really see the similarity between the man in the uh, bathroom mirror. The man in the mirror? Yeah, mm-hmm. between him and the man behind the bride and it is the same guy in the same damn shirt he is bald and he has what i would call like a frilly white shirt which is something that i said to you in the onset because he's he's very apparent uh behind the four women in this double triple entendre mirror right i'm like oh it's a pirate with a frilly shirt how fitting um but the second I blew him up and lightened it up, and I will put this in show notes, it freaked me the hell out because uh, it's the same guy. Like, big nose, bald head. His nose is just as apparent in, in bold pictures. I don't know. Yeah. I... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Melissa even thinks that there's, like, you can see something on the side of his head like uh mm. like tat like a tattoo or something um on the left so in the bathroom picture yeah. on the left side yeah okay yeah, i'm both, zooming in like, yeah it would be the left side of his head that there's right. some sort of like distinctive marking but so that had happened just like a month before i came down there and she had had an enormous amount of people had gone into the bathroom and simulated that photo like even with uh you know dark-skinned guy white shirt in Mm -hmm. that position in front of the mirror to try to see like how that reflection would happen yeah and how'd that go no it didn't happen yeah i figured yeah and by the way we do have full use of those she got the release from both parties so uh you can post them she was like um, I think that this is huge, you know, it, it is. I didn't uh, at first. <laughs> what, what did I send you? So at first I was separating the two pictures, right? Like I had the, the guy in the mirror in the bathroom with the four women. And then the second guy behind the bride, I sent you the picture of the um, the Nazi at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark when he drinks from the improper grail and he turns into the skeleton very quickly and he's being his life is being sucked away and i said that's what he reminded me of and at first i didn't put it together that it was the same guy i really didn't even though the dude's bald but when i zoom in it just freaks me out because his eyes are non-existent i can see eyebrows and maybe a nose and i now see his uh 
bald head and white shirt. But at, at the onset, I'm like, what the hell is that skeleton doing standing behind that woman on her wedding day? Uh, yeah. And then the second you actually explained to me the bathroom photo, I'm like, why is that dude walking into the ladies room? And you're like, yeah, your uh, exact words were, there's a guy on the other side. And it, I was like, Whoa, yeah. No, you're like, no, there, there, well, there is, is no side. other side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there is though, but it's the other kind of other side that we like talking about. So, um, these are it's some one of the very cooler, cool ghost photos. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I've seen a couple that are, and again, for one of them to be, taken in august and then one of them to be almost 10 years old exactly that's what i was just going to try to tie in was the uh the time difference there so uh same dude no you just can't i mean stuff like this uh i'm more skeptical than anybody and i i'm fine with calling bullshit but these two photos once they were explained to me and then once i was screwing the, with this one at work i'm like that i freaked myself out i'm like well that is uh that's the same guy um, yeah so i've had is, a lot of i've had a lot of fun showing those photos to people i like bet I've you have some, i've had some people at work just be like no uh, but wait yeah uh, that's, That's what I person. did today. I'm like, hey, hang on a second. What do you mean there's not a, a a way to get in there to where he could be in that mirror? So what what's the guess on this guy then? I mean, I just like you said, I, it looks like, he, again, he's wearing Jerry Seinfeld's puffy shirt. Totally. That's the best way to describe it. So mm-hmm. um, I've got to think pirate related. Yeah. I mean, that's my that's that's the way that I would look at it. Um, the funny thing is, is that uh, before we did our official Facebook live video, I was doing some live tests and um, I was talking to the lady who did the overnight at the front desk, Tanya, and just, you know, telling her what we we're going to be up to. But I'm recording it as it's happening, obviously. Mm-hmm. Always record, folks. Always record. Yeah. And. Um, I'm shooting, uh, I was like, Hey, I want to get your, she mentioned that she's like, I, I don't like going in that bathroom down there. Like, in fact, I won't go in there at night when I'm working overnight and I'm like, why? She's like, I don't know. There's just something not right in that bathroom. How long has she worked there? And I was like, for a while. And I was like, mm-hmm. have you seen the picture from that bathroom? And she's like, what do you mean? The picture from that bathroom and i'm like hold on oh, don't do that to her man i want to get a reaction you know on camera which i did mm-hmm. again uh, if you look through our video on the facebook page okay talk show um and i show her the photo and she's like reacting to it and it's great mm. the crazy thing is is while we're planning on doing this facebook live we we're going to do kind of some live evp work so david was recording the live stream and then stopping it every 10, 15 minutes and looking through it real quick with the spectrograph to see if there's any anomalies. Go, Dave. So I take this little like five minute video of her and I send that to him. It's kind of like, here's a test run, you know, make sure you can run this video through and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, there's something interesting that happened in the middle of that conversation. 
And he's like, this is what we always do. He doesn't really hint to me what he thinks he hears. He's just like, you tell me what you think Mm. and sends me the little clipped audio. Mm -hmm. And here I am saying, look, have you seen the picture of the bathroom? And she's reacting to it. And there's a voice super clear. It's like, no photos, no photos. Come on. Just one time. But, you know, we how we loop it. It's like, right, no photos. Right. No photos. But it was clear. And we're talking about the photograph in the bathroom. Oh. All right. So I have to ask because of the uh, very clear photo twice of this bald man in the what I would call a frilly like a fancy pirate shirt. I don't know. Is there supposed to be treasure off of Galveston Island somewhere? Is that yeah, there's side a lot, of the story? There's a lot of reports of pirate slash Lafitte treasure somewhere mm. on the island and reports of various sundry people out there looking for it. Um, but not, I mean, there's not anything Oak Island-ish, but mm-hmm. when you do a lot of reading about the history of the place or you look up that, yeah, there's a there's an area that they call Pirate Bay because it's uh-huh. tucked away again on the north side of the island. So, and there's a little bay that comes in. And again, if you were a ship and you wanted to hide, you would just tuck yourself in there and somebody that was just cruising the coastline would never see you. And are, there's a lot, so there's a lot of reports of that kind of stuff down there too. Sure. Are there any sunken ships that mm. they found? I don't know, but I can't imagine that there wouldn't. I, I really, it would be fascinating to know what the off the shore there would look like because of the yeah. hurricane. You right. know, there's, I mean, shit, there's a video of the Balinese room being ripped to shreds and disappearing in the ocean. So, well, um, yeah, you'd have to imagine that the topography uh, underwater even would change after such a, a catastrophic event. So, Right. After all that time, things change and get covered up. And yeah, I wonder what's buried under there. Who needs Oak Island? I say let's go dig off the shore of Galveston, huh? Dude, let's do. Let's go. You really, you got to come down just to experience the place. Because as I've told you with a a few of these things, that's a place where just... It's active. It's a very, very active hotel. And I've been, I do prescribe to the theory that there's a, you want to, you want to get something creepy happening, go to a, go to an old hotel. I mean, yeah. And that, that goes for a lot of them. Uh, but this is, happens to be, uh, again, it's beautiful to the nines resort and then at the same time it's uh it's just the the fun starts after the sun goes down yeah hey we were just talking and whether it's sasquatch or spirits ghosts whatever you want to call them you know me man i'm like i need something for you to happen so uh right yeah oh i do have i do have one final story about the galvez that happened like a couple of days after i left go for it so 
you know, I go upstairs and I poke the big scary man with the stick uh, up in the, or men or multiple spirits, whatever, up in the boardroom. So I get this uh, Facebook message from Melissa and she's like, you'll never believe what happened um, Tuesday after you left. We had left on Saturday and there was a guy from the cable company that was down there installing like some new fiber optic cables. And he was up in one of the turrets. And so like the only way that you can get up into those turrets is like, you have to go up to that floor and then there's, it's, there's like a little entryway that you climb up and some stairs. It's not easy. And you have to have like, someone from the hotel take you up there it's not something that just anybody can access but she tells me that there's a dude that's up there he's putting this cable these cables up there and he's been working up there for like an hour and he kind of leans back and again this tour is small you know um it's small and he's leaning back, kind of looking at his work. And in the corner of his ear, he like in in his ear, clear as day, he just hears "fuck you," <laughs> and completely loses his mind. Comes running down, won't go back up there. You know, they have to send somebody else out oh, there. Shit. But I thought the really funny line was that Melissa was like. You know, Clint, we didn't have spirits in the hotel. People was telling people "fuck you" until you came <laughs> up. <here. laughs> you have that effect on people and and the undead and the spirits, those that are not rested. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, every time I talk to you, on air, off air, sometimes I get that urge to say those words. I just... And obviously, that's the way that Sam felt about me when I did my very, very poor Sam impersonation the last time. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. And let's not even talk about O and B, you know? I mean, yeah. you've had to think of that several times just <laughs> from working with me. So You have kind of a steady stream, buddy. I do. I hey, do. But, but hey, if we have a way to do Galvez and the other place, hey, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have some info on that other place very soon. The Galveston thing. Um, Shit, I'll know. drive out there if I have to. Yeah, that's not a bad I, drive. I, en- I enjoy driving, so it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't bother me a bit for both places, to be honest with you, if I had to. No, some of my most uh, outstanding road adventures oh, have happened indeed. on the way to Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Or, well, yeah. Uh, Devil Dog Road. What what Do you know what episode that is on my own show? I don't even know. Uh, Devil Dog Road, Mm. episode blah, blah, blah. 40-something? 30-something? Yeah, probably. You you were so good about timing on episodes. Oh, man, I'm so good about that. I have to look at my own website. Yeah, I'm going to leave that alone. Devil Dog Road. Uh, Clinton was on talking about whatever the feck he hit uh, on the way to a fish concert in Seattle. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. We were going to the Gorge, but we were driving yeah. from Dallas to, we went directly from Dallas mm-hmm. to the Grand Canyon, watched the sunrise at the Grand Canyon, 
and then, and then all hell we're leaving loose. the canyon on Literally. the way to Vegas. And uh, yeah. yeah, something let loose from hell, and you managed to clip it with your car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was I won't a, get my car fixed either. It ah. still has the droopy lip in the front. No shit. I can't see how I can get rid of my element. I mean, after dancing with the devil like that. You know what? I probably wouldn't either. I'd be like, look, it touched something from another world, and it's been blessed. Whether it's a good bless or a bad bless, and I'm going to leave it. I'd probably be the same way. Yeah, 260,000 miles be damned. I mean, the thing pops 260,000? I've driven it from here to the West Coast and back twice. That's what it has on the odometer? Yeah. Your Honda Element. Are you shitting me? No. Go, dude. Hey, that is a good ad for Honda right now. 260? I know. I wish that they would, I wish that they would come back with some elements. That's the other thing. These things have kind of turned into like the slug bug of cars. Is it true that you can hose that thing out? Yeah. It's like a polyurethane floor. That's awesome. And uh, all of the seats are waterproof. You can pull all of the seats out completely. Um, and then it all, like, do you remember the commercial when they first made this thing? Like I, how I don't. the commercial was just the car spinning and it has the suicide doors. Right. And it was like the doors would open and then it was like, it was like a puzzle. Like they were taking the things out and bending the stuff and. It's just rad. Plus, I have a tent that Honda made that attaches to the back of it. It's just a killer ride. It's a special tent. What does it do? Um, It's just like a huge dome tent that Honda made specifically for the element. So it, like, attaches to the car. Oh, okay. And you can have the car open into the tent, and then it has, like, a double-zip locking device inside the tent. So you can lock the car up, lock the tent up. Just rad. I mean, I have curtains for the element. Like, there's all these little, like, weird little hooks and stuff in the car. Like, little places where you can hook things. They like, like meat hooks for, like, serial killer vans and stuff? Yeah, I wouldn't so much as say meat hooks. <laughs> but. <laughs> they could double <laughs> ass. No desire. You can definitely put these curtains up and kill someone inside the element. Yeah. And then hose it out. And then, exa- it's, it's a the Dexter evidence. car, dude. It's a Dexter car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember reading that about um, you can hose a Honda Element out. And I'm thinking, if I hosed out my car, it would be screwed. You may as well just sink it in a lake. Yeah, no good. Yeah, you would, it, 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 it's uncomfortable when you first think about it because you think like all the electronics right. and stuff inside. But, yeah, no, I've done far worse to this panel of the car than... <laughs> get some water on it and it's still kicking hey that thing took on a demon from hell and won that's all the ad that honda needs now 260 plus i hit a demon from hell yeah that skinwalker tried to steal my soul in this thing and i was like oh no like i'm gonna smack you down man see this is the thing shannon people are gonna think like I'm one of those guys where it's like, what kind of guy? Turning into like doc, Dr. Matthew Johnson or something. Nah, dude. Like, time he walks into the woods, something happens. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. All, all of this shit is real, you know. 
and uh, I'm at least trying to like get as much evidence as possible. So I do appreciate um, anybody that's new checking out the show. And, and obviously some people have found out about us through you. Um, and, um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm just a giant pole with a magnet spinning around on top or what, but. You're a freak, but that's why you're great for those of us that want to talk about this stuff. You're a freak in a great way. But here's the thing, Clint, yeah. and, and don't forget this. We had a 15-minute a conversation on this episode about the fact that this happened on Facebook Live. Don't forget that. So it's not like you're pulling it off and editing and you're like, oh, shit, guys, look at this. Uh, look what happened at, at Hotel Galvez tonight. That was on Facebook Live and people reacted to it. So it's not like you're... Um, you're dramatizing the situation or um, or adding any elements to it. So uh, at least in, in that situation, that's what happened. And like you said, you can read the comments as it was happening. Yeah, it's a pretty cool feature. Yeah. Um, because that, that part of it will never that. lie. That's, that's embedded in stone. And, uh, and I will make sure to link that, by the way. But, um, yeah, maybe you are a magnet, but you kind of proved uh, the fact that, yeah, maybe this stuff does happen to me more than other people. But I can document the fact that it's not just bullshit that I'm making up. Yeah, and you don't have to be a magnet to go to the Galvez and I think feel something. I've heard that from a lot of folks. In fact, it's funny because one of the things that, place like that would they're they're relying on things like TripAdvisor and what such and there is a review on TripAdvisor that's like they didn't tell me it was haunted and the woman is like saying how she you know went to sleep and the phone rang and she answered the phone and there was nothing there and the oh. lights turned on and off and flickering and she's like what floor no, is thank she on you very much <laughs> <laughs> She on the fifth or the seventh? I think the fifth. Yeah, but, there you go. I, again, I it's uh, just one of those magical places where, right. um, you know, some places some people have the shine to them, and some buildings have a shine to them. See, but Clint, it you were in a room and you you admitted you're like hey i'm kind of calling these things out and things are happening okay that's one side of the coin but then we have this picture that ties in with another picture by the way we'll leave that to the side for now of a woman on her wedding day and i can guarantee to you she wasn't thinking one damn thing about effing ghosts or spirits or who died or who committed suicide or any of that bullshit it's her effing wedding day, and someone's taking a photo of her next to her new husband at the reception at the Hotel Galvez. And there is there is a spirit in the background that matches a photo taken, you said, 10 years apart? Yeah, I want to say, uh, all, like, almost 10 years. I want to say that that was why uh, they were getting the photos together. Yeah. But So there's that. That's all I have to say. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It is. It's really cool. And the only thing that I bemoaned about Devil's Creek was that the there's absolutely no reception up there. That was the whole reason. So I was like, I mean, I already had the memes 
worked out for <laughs> advertising a yeah. live Facebook encounter up there. Yeah. That's the only reason that that didn't happen. Right. Uh, I can only imagine what would have oh, happened no. had we had. Maybe we um, could get a booster for uh, Devil's Creek. Yeah, we need something. Oh, we need something. So many possibilities. Even if people can't watch live, we'll figure it out. All right, homie. Yeah. Um, surely, surely people that are listening to this have at least checked out the Devil's Creek. Series. I hope so. That's a whole nother. All right. Yeah. So we're talking ghosts tonight and spirits and hauntings. But lately, there has been a whole nother side to OK Talk. And you guys are much like us. It's uh, it's multi-topic, right? And there's also the side of Devil's Creek. And I'll go ahead and let you plug as much of that as you want, because I know that is a very important side to an investigation that you guys have going on. So I'm going to let you just talk about that for a moment if you want to the extent that you want. And uh, that way people know that you're more than just, hey, we're talking about uh, hauntings and uh, Yahoo Answers, which, by the way, was one of my favorite episodes of yours. Go ahead. (laughs) That was an epic one. It was good times. No, I'll I'll say this. Uh, If... um, one of the more bizarre quote unquote Bigfoot related situations mm-hmm. uh, going um, from that I'd heard about and then I experienced and I'm still not a hundred percent sure of everything that happened. And there's a lot of tape on it. We've done multiple episodes um, if you want to check that stuff out, um, we really kind of first start talking about it with, uh, the ventriloquist of Devil's Creek episode where David Ellis came on and we played some audio that had been captured there. But then, um, the homeowners came on and taught us that episode's labeled American Horror Story, Devil's Creek. And I feel like once you check that out, you'll be salivating for more. And there's definitely some more stuff. I was able to go up there for um, for four days or so and hang out and experience uh, all kinds of things. And I'll just say this, if anybody is interested in purchasing a home that is baffling in mm. its um, activity, it's um, you can get a really good deal. <laughs> and... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, it's so serious that, um, you have to be serious if you're interested in buying it because they're not just going to let looky lose come up there. But, uh, it was so serious that it was a dream home that they needed to vacate because it was freaking, freaking them out. And, um, I'll let you people be the judge of that. Uh, and it's funny. It's the, the conversation about that place is ongoing and that just mm-hmm. last night I was we're doing a lot of investigating the history of the area and um, just last night I was having a reading articles online about some things in the area and it was sending chills up my spine because it was like reading something that was written like 20 years ago and it sounds like every single thing that happened to us there oh, very gosh. cooling. Really? Yeah. 
uh, Clint, if someone was to go to OK Talk and in iTunes or wherever they want to listen to it, um, or on Podbean, uh, what would be the episode as far as Devil's Creek goes that you would want them to start on? Where, where would the inception be yeah, just, as far as the starting go, place? Yeah, just go listen to that American Horror Story. Okay. Because the family telling their story, that we play... We play some audio in there, mm-hmm. and uh, and can I just say a lot of audio. that? Uh, yeah, not to. I'm going to interrupt you. <clears throat> the audio <laughs> from Devil's Creek is so creepy, so creepy. It's serious, man. Um, it's serious. Yeah, I would drive up there in a heartbeat if I had to. It is. It it's creepy in a way that I'm like this. <laughs> it sounds so lame, but I'm like this. It fires up my soul. I'm like this is why I got into this. It's why I I do this every week, and I put all this effing time into this effing show is for s- shit like this. And the some of the recordings that you guys caught, and that David Ellis is like, this is off the charts. It's not a person. It's not a dog. It's not a coyote. Blah blah. You know whatever. I mean. David Ellis knows his shit. And after you listen to it a few times, because as you said before, you loop the audio. And then and then the second David goes, okay, this is what we hear. And you're like, yeah, that's what I hear. You loop it again. You're like, holy shit. And when David Ellis says it's not a person or an animal that we know of, you're like, oh, yeah, it was creepy to begin with. But... It it reignites things for me. It it's very exciting. So I hope that people go and they check out those episodes because, as you said, it's ongoing, and uh, hopefully there's more evidence to come out of Devil's Creek. Yeah, that's the wacky thing is there's uh there's hours that haven't even been reviewed mm. because it's basically two years worth of nightly audio recordings going on, but. What I'm hoping happens is, um, I think there's a reasonable chance of it occurring that before the, before the place gets passed on to the next, maybe, um, you and I can, uh, go on up there and check it out. Uh, it's weird. I wouldn't have, it, it weirded me out so much that it didn't even want to talk about it for a few weeks. I didn't know how to talk about it. And then it took me a good six weeks to even be thinking that, okay, yeah, I'm ready to go back now. Yeah. And let, folks, let that sink in because Clint, how long have you been in radio? Almost 20 years. And you didn't want to talk about it for six weeks. So folks, just let that sink in. Okay. He has a podcast. He's trying to grow the separate podcast because it's, it's based on things that we talk about here on End of the Fray. Six effing weeks. So yeah, if that chance came up, I would jump at it. I've told you before. I think that getting the shit scared out of me would, uh, I might do two shows a week after that. I don't know. Yeah, you say that now. I know, I know. Be careful what you wish for. There may be, there may be some downtime afterwards. Right. Really, it was just uh, yeah, just a uh, just confounding on a lot of different levels, and mm-hmm. um, and people. I think uh, 
least I hope the one thing that we've been able to do with the show is that I'm shooting people straight, you know, with this kind of stuff. I'm not mm-hmm. bullshit. And I, I may not always know why or what something is, but I'm just going to tell people like it is. And, uh, and I feel like the best advertisement for that is that right after we got that, where I got screamed at in Falk and I was, as, as I was joking around, I was as dumbfounded as maybe I've ever been in a moment, not expecting anything to happen. And something very, very serious happened that, uh, you know, a dude drives down from Maryland to go check it out that wants to experience something. I think that kind of is a good seller for the fact that, yeah, the stuff, it's real, you know, but I think there, there are a lot of magical places on this planet and I don't, um, mean that in a wooey kind of way. Um, just saying, I think there's a lot of places that, stuff that is unexplained or unexplainable occurs and I'm all about encouraging folks to get out there and check it out. My only call is that you record what's going on because you too could be walking down the hallway of an old hotel and your little phone right there, you don't need any crazy equipment, that little telephone in your hand that we all have. Um, can pick up audio. It can say always record, you. man. You, yeah, I'll be interested to hear what people have to say about the the stuff. You bring the anger out. I'm probably just going to be agitated because they actually like have to pay attention. I don't. Mm-hmm. But that's mainly the the thing that people are the most agitated with the podcast about is the what. That they have to listen to kick-ass production. Oh, you mean the intro? Yeah. Maybe. The for, the setup. We don't go... Okay, so I have a question. You and radio, you don't call it an intro, you call it a setup, right? Either or, way. Uh, I mean, with these episodes and stuff, I'm definitely calling... Uh, I'm just going with the flow and saying, uh, yeah, the intro. Yeah, but your flow... Like, listen, people don't have time for four minutes of an intro, okay? They don't want to know where you're your website is or where you can find the the podcast on the actual host like Podbean or Libsyn. No, man, they don't have time for that shit. You have to get into when you were pooping your pants or running out of the room. I, yeah, we were, that was something on Facebook a couple weeks ago, right? Where we were having the battle of uh, the bullshit comments on our episodes of things they didn't like about our show. So, Ugh. yeah. That's that's a well, whole nother episode. I'm not going to... I've kept you long enough. Where can these lovely people find you and Matt on OK Talk? Uh, so, OKTalkShow.com. Uh, basically leads you to our Podbean page. Um, we're on all the awesome podcast catchers at OK Talk Show. And that's OK, just the list O and K. And no, we're not from Oklahoma. We actually mm-hmm. live in Texas. The only reason that the show is called OK Talk is because it's the first word that I said on the show. 
that's the whole reason we said that was, I was trying to make sure that we had the recording set up correct and really said, okay talk. That's true. That is a truism. I don't know how I didn't know that. Sorry to interrupt, but I didn't. Um, I didn't know. That. So there was no test. Test. It was okay. Right. Right. I was in a different studio room, and you know, Matt and I both work in radio. We worked together for quite a long time, and mm-hmm. uh, we always just found out that the show that we were doing off the air was way more interesting than the one we were doing on it. And we both have a penchant for the weird. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so there you go. Yeah. Um, any, anything that anybody could do, you know, all that like rate review stuff, it really helps. It's the same for Mrs. Shannon's show. Um, mm-hmm. he, uh, people I think don't really understand that we had a guy get a hold of us the other day and he was like, Hey, I just found your podcast. I love it. And Matt is smarter about this kind of stuff than I am. And he's just like, Hey, how'd you hear about us? And the guy had actually was in iTunes searching legend tripping. No shit. Her podcast popped up. And because you had tagged it at some point, how does that work? Yeah. um, Okay. uh, (laughs) um, I mean, that's good for me to know because some of these ID3 tags and stuff are like way over my head. I'm like, I don't even bother with it, but I probably should be. Yeah, and the thing is, is that um, you're, like, when somebody looks up my show, it'll show uh, other people are into Sass What, mm-hmm. into the fray, you know, all of our, all of our little, our little click, we all pop up in each other's rotation, but if um, the more rates and the more reviews that people get, it pushes you up to the to the top of the aggregator so that's why we ask people to do that because when people are searching for shows about ghostesses and haunts and bigfoots and what have you sasquattle um there's i don't know if people realize there are a lot of podcasts out there there is a shit done so it's real easy to get lost in the fray as it were Mm -hmm. so Um, for both of us, you know, you guys get out there and, and as far as I'm concerned, we're providing a really, um, kick-ass entertainment at the last time I checked for free. So, um, I always, always, uh, I'm, I'm humbled by the amount of people who are interested in listening to me talk, period. Amen. So... You know, check us out on the Facebook and all that such. So, and, but you're uh, on, uh, you're on Twatter, Facebook at OK Tile, right? Yes. Okay. I and, call it Twatter. Sorry. That's, just, yeah, that's cool. It's my that's thing. Cool. We got a little YouTube page, some of that stuff. Oh, yes. YouTube. And YouTube. Um, and then, uh, you know, the stuff that we discussed, most of it tonight is, found right there in the video section on our Facebook page. And uh, please, if you hear something, uh, that was the other thing that I really enjoyed and playing a lot of the audio. And there's a lot of audio. Uh, I love hearing what people say that they think they hear because um, that's happened more than once where I thought that I was hearing something and it's like you kind of get that stuck in your head and mm-hmm. then you can't hear anything else. Um 
and and Matt, I mean Matt is really good about like he'll catch something and just he's told me things that he's thought he's heard in the audio that has made my blood run cold. So um, I love uh, we love interacting with folks just like you and um, so well, see, yeah. That's what drives me a little bit crazy about when you watch a show like Ghost Adventures is they will pretty much implant in your mind what they think they heard so that's what you hear because that's what your brain processes but the second it says or this you're like oh well shit i hear that too it's tough it's a tough yeah. line to walk it is and i think just like um people are geared to see uh shapes mm-hmm. and faces people are geared to hear words um and we even tried this uh experiment and the galvez which was david ellis's idea where he was like these voices that we're picking up they're not audible most of the time so do do does your question or does that have to be audible hmm. so we did some um Hey, we're going to count down to one and then think a question, you know, wow. and see if mm-hmm. we elicit a response that way, which, um, I don't necessarily think that we caught anything when we did that, but it was a different way of looking at stuff because I'm fascinated with the idea that why is it that some of the audio you can hear mm-hmm. in person, like that girl. Right. And why is a lot of it un, uh, are you unable to hear? Right. Is that just a difference of energy on the, whatever you want to call it, ghost or spirits part? Just able to emote that yeah. that much louder so that you can hear it with your own eardrum. Yeah. It's fascinating. I don't. See, and what if, what if you released that? So you said there is about eight hours of audio that hasn't really been gone through. What if you release that to the masses on Facebook or YouTube? And how many different, if there were certain spots in that eight hours where something was heard and it was very obvious that there was something there, how many different answers and options would there be for this is what it said? No, 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 this is what it said. It's it be that's that's a great idea. Like and if uh I don't know necessarily know eight hours all at once, but man, right. what a cool idea to just take like a chunk of audio that we haven't even gone through and just put like a link up to it to where you could download it and just say, Have at it, let us know what you find. Right. I think that's fascinating, you know, and I mean, if enough people showed interest that they would be down for that, um, you know, we're down. I would uh, be because I admittedly I'm horrible at that because I'm not I feel like I'm not a creative person. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but uh, most of the time I'm like, God damn it, I can't hear a thing. But if someone says it says this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of hear that. But I, I feel like if you like you said, if you release like, I don't know. It would probably be small chunks because these days I think people get pretty bored pretty quickly. But if you release small chunks at a time and you're like, well, there's something in this five minutes, see what you hear. And eh, maybe there is a certain amount that it was like a blind poll and and see what people think. 
Yeah, that's a really cool idea. Even if it was we took clips that we knew that there was something there. Um, and this was something that we were doing with Devil's Creek where I was telling David, like, don't just go and clip it like mm. the thing. Mm-hmm. Like let like let there be a lead. Mm. And because I think there's something spooky to like acclimating yourself to the yeah. white noise. Yeah. And in um in Falk in the summer, uh, the white noise is the bugs and the frogs are just loud as shit. Now that's not the case at the, you know, in the Olympic peninsula, that's not the case. There's not this just heavy drone. In fact, when James and I went back to Falk, when I was texting you from, and you were like, where are you right now? And I was like standing in the middle of road <laughs> in the middle of nowhere um that night like he was uh you know we were we would record stuff and i would i I love recording on my phone because i can immediately send that file to dropbox you know and can immediately get it out i love that about it um i've also had like one of the weirdest um more active things just by Hey, I think that house is haunted and it's vacant right now. I'm going to go walk around the Oh, I love that episode. What was that, Clint? Wh- which one was that? Hum and, the hum and rumble of a haunted house. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, because that I mean, like you can um you can hear me say like okay, something just walked right past me. Right. And you can hear Yeah. You can hear it. And there's another thing where it's like something blew into my phone. And I felt it in my ear. Like I felt like that thing where like, like a bug by your ear, but not a bug, like a, mm, but mm-hmm. like, uh, I've described it several times. as like, if you take your finger and your thumb and you wet it and, you know, you rub it together, uh, and it creates this like hum, um, up against your ear and I react to it. And Matt was just like, that's not you. Cause there's just like this. Sorry if I just blew your <laughs> No, you're good. If I just shut the <laughs> I'm deaf. I probably thanks. did. I'm kidding. No, I forgot. But you're good. You know, like there's there's something like happening there. And um one thing that some an old dude told me one time long ago before I started the show or anything, and he was like, You need to be you need to be careful or you'd be surprised at what happens when you turn your phone on. Mm. when you turn your recorder on and start asking if there's anything around you Mm. because you may end up being like, Oh shit. But I do recommend it. Um, I think that there are things that happen in places, um, where audio, audio occurs. Um, so basically if you're awake, you should be recording. (laughs) Right. If you are Man, conscious, I've... keep recording. And if you're sleeping, I wouldn't record because who wants to hear weird shit while you're asleep? Uh, it's like mm. that that second night at Devil's Creek when I woke. I didn't even. I wasn't asleep <laughs> yet, but we had turned the lights off, and I heard like a really loud ass bang, and then mm-hmm. like a voice. And I opened my phone and I wrote the note down, and then I clicked on the podcast application and turned on some fantasy football podcast and turned it up as loud as it would go. I, I like, love I don't that part. 
<laughs> David, was, was David there at that point when you turned that on? Yeah, he's just, uh, he was, uh, like, we were basically camping okay. in, a, in a big old fancy house. Yeah. But he's just in I'm the like, room. What the hell are you doing? He's like, oh, wait, I know what you're doing. You're trying to uh, unfreak yourself. Yeah. I think he was probably glad that I did because we were. Yeah. Pretty intense. Uh, yeah, that was a weird thing about that. It's the turn the lights off and give it a few minutes. And mm-hmm. it's like everything decides that it can come closer then. Oh, there's nothing like it, dude. There's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. That darkness, people don't appreciate it. If you've never been camping in a place like that or, or slept in a place like that, that true total darkness, uh, it'll get you. Just that it's alone. fucking real, man. Yeah, and it, it tunes your senses very quickly because you it it's almost... I don't I don't want to make it sound like you, you all of a sudden become some sort of a badass, but it's that fight or flight and you have to be in tune or else you might get just dragged into the woods or eaten in some movie fashion. Um things become very loud very quickly that maybe weren't as loud before and they need to be. Yeah. You hear it very easily. Yeah, and uh, uh, the next episode that we're going to release, I, I actually interviewed this lady who wrote this book called The Old Magic of Christmas. Mm. And um, one of the things, it's about, you know, some of the ancient traditions that have led us to where we are. But there's a good little run of a couple of chapters about elves and not the tall, hunky elves of middle earth but the forest things that are out there and mm-hmm. spirit and wood and um i think there's a line in the book about you know, if you want it to go away you can do that real quick you know you can just flip the lights on or turn the tv on yeah when you um when you unplug um at certain times of the year in certain places it's pretty incredible the kinds of stuff that are around you never know you know right um, i'm really fascinated by this idea of uh currently it's my thing the idea of what we would call angels and demons um if you're a religious person um the that in the old world they would be referred to as elves Hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? So, yeah, that's just another reason why you should probably subscribe to the show, because there's a yeah. good discussion about that. Well, Clint, uh, here's the thing. I've never read the Bible cover to cover. <clears throat> uh, you can email me, Shannon, at com if there's a problem with that. Uh, Try you... to your moral soul. <laughs> the elves shall come for me, and not the ones from LOTR you are very very knowledgeable when it comes to the Bible and I've heard you mention it many times in the show and you can debate it all day long and it's actually quite fascinating uh, to hear you go off on those little tangents because someone will bring something up and you'll be like yep there's uh, so and so and such and such and this is what they did in the Bible and I'm like Oh shit! I didn't know 
that story. So, um, yeah, anyhow, I don't know well, where I was going with that, but well, the, as far well, as the, the elves and such. Up, I think the first little, the when I told you that there is the mention of uh, Esau in the Bible. Yes. Esau, for, for Esau was a hairy man. Mm-hmm. And he was so hairy that his brother wore animal skins to pretend that he was Esau so that he could sleep with a woman. Right. And she felt his arm and was like, oh, Esau, what up, yo? Hey, it's Esau. It's all good. That's where it started. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, I think there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to say in some ancient texts. You don't necessarily have to, um, I don't, just with something like that, I don't think you necessarily even have to be a religious person to find interesting things. But there ain't, there definitely, you would be surprised at how often the ancients are talking about the exact same things that we're talking about. And they just have different names. Right. For things. And but it I'm does fast. translate quite perfectly, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we've been, uh, we, we may have mentioned this, but, uh, that, you know, in the, in the Middle East or whatever, there's not really a big thought that there are buildings that are haunted mm-hmm. per se is like that they don't think that there are spirits of dead relatives that hang out of buildings, but that there are buildings that if they were what we would consider haunted, they just think that there's a djinn in there or a genie. And some of those djinn are malevolent. Some of them are neutral and uh some of them are just tricksters yeah that that is an episode or two or three episodes that i have been wanting to do is the gin and that's d-j-i-n-n and if you guys google that right now it will blow your mind if you've never heard of such a thing but those are ancient beings and supposedly and you can correct me, of course, if I'm wrong, Clint, because you probably know far more about this than I do. They they hate the race of man. And they're always looking for that trickster element and they want to hurt and maim and, and just basically F with humans. Which, again, that's a theory of the fallen angels, right? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, that... that 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 was the reason that Lucifer rebelled against God because he thought that man was an abomination. And they were like, son of man, bullshit. And yeah, they didn't like us because somehow they felt that the Lord had elevated humans above these spiritual beings and they rebelled against the Lord and they were banished to roam the earth. And that's why I was saying the thing I was saying a minute ago about the angels and demons and being elves in Nordic culture or Iceland. Um, It's like they play the same role and they have the same history. Uh, The tradition's different. The, Mm -hmm. it wasn't the, the same, it wasn't quote unquote, the names are all changed, maybe, but it all seems like the same thing is happening in all these old traditions. And yeah, that the you nailed it. That the Jinn act as the they're the they're the beings that aren't necessarily 
crossed over, but they're disembodied or can take form and the spirits that roam the earth. And you can call them angels and demons or <laughs> genies, or but they're kind of the same thing pretty pretty fascinating in fact uh i'll have to we'll, we'll have to have a conversation about that because i recently received a a book about the gin i'll key in on mm. so i just like with every freaking time that we end up talking and i have to tell you i haven't even gone and taken that conversation that we had not <laughs> long ago which I'm, maybe I can get to that this weekend. I'm not going to lie. Every time that I see that a new OK Talk is out, I'm a little nervous because I'm like, I'm like, You're I horrified. hope. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I we, that was, how long did we talk? Quite three? a while. And I recorded, I recorded the whole conversation. Yeah, like three hours and f- 45 minutes or something. And I'm like, oh, I hope he took out this. I hope he took out that. And I know that you uh, will, because I know you will. But if, uh, if I requested it, but most of it can stay in, right? I can't imagine that I would ever publish it. I just want to take <laughs> the things that we talked about and turn it into promos that only we will hear. But man, there's some funny quotes that night. Oh, the other my thing God. Is I, I it, they could be totus ladies, dude. I love going onto Facebook and bragging that I've just spent three hours on the phone with you and people are like. <laughs> that doesn't me, mean much, though. Me. I mean, we like each other, but most people are like, oh, that asshole Shannon, you know. Oh, bullshit. Bullshit. There are plenty of dudes that would. They don't know. Put a knife in me to get in this spot. Mary, <laughs> don't tell it about that. Don't think I don't know it. Don't think we don't know. Oh, All man. right. I will let you go because I know that, yeah, I know your situation at the very, at this very moment where you are, you're not in some comfy studio. So have you plugged everything that you need to plug for OK Talk? And for F's sake, people, go and rate and review both of our shows. And um, yeah, so YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere else that people need to go? Uh, just, uh, OKTalkShow.com basically takes you to our page and um, we have aspirations and hopes to do much like what you've done with our own interactive website. But, you know, it's just like Facebook is there and people can get a hold of us. And there's uh, there's plenty of ways people can find us. I just hope that they're interested. I hope that, uh, you know, I would think that if people are down, I realize though I am a strikingly handsome person, I don't have quite the physical attributes that Shannon does in that I have different tackle. But, <laughs> um, if you could get past that. Bait and tackle is different. Yeah. 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 So. Throw that line out. It's a little different. Well, hey, don't spend too long editing this. I think it was pretty much gold. To be honest with you, I think I might, I might literally... Put it in Audacity, noise removal, put the intro and the outro, and put this bitch up. That is how flawless this went. Aw, 
Well, aside, you may want to just lower the volume for when I blew into the phone. But other than that. Honestly, it wasn't bad at all. My okay. own voice is louder the entire time than you blowing into the phone. Uh, honestly. Oh. so That's your Yeti microphones provided by your listeners. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And my and my Behringer um, soundboard is still sitting to my right, just calling my name, going, give me an XLR microphone, please. But that's okay. <laughs> Another time. Another time. So, yeah, I guess I, w- I, I, guess I will make any more, uh, one more plug, and that is that Do if it. you are a uh, super wealthy benefactor and you want to be shown the ways of the world, mm. hit me up, yo, because I can take you there. Are you there talking you about Devil's Creek or um, ghostesses? We're trying or both. To, we're trying to we're trying to sell Devil's Creek, but um. Oh but my God! Yeah, you know. yeah, we talked about this. How incredible would it be to get like four or five of us, or how are the fact many would it would take financially to do that? I I would do it. In heart. If I had the money, I would do it right now. Now, the crazy thing is, it's a lot. Uh, it's way cheaper than it should be for that place. And I, if you really, this is very serious. Like, I have, if you are interested, let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, you are going to ju- have to jump through a few hoops, though. It's not going to be as simple as, oh yeah, we got an open house on Saturday, because we're just kind of trying to. Here's the thing, and I don't jump. know if if you want to mention this, Clint, but you talk about kind of jumping through hoops, and from my perspective because i know what's going on there and most people do if they've heard your show but i also know exactly where this place is is this a situation if someone has the money and they want to buy this place and they know where it is you or the previous owners who as you mentioned and if this doesn't drive it home, nothing else will. This was their dream home, and they abandoned it. Are you going to take the prospective owners, new owners out there and go, guess what? You're going to spend a weekend here or a week here with a few people that know what the fic is going on, and can you handle this? Are you just going to shove it down their throats and make like hold their necks and their heads and say look at what is going on in this place before you sign the papers yeah i think that the only that's the only reason we're saying um i I think that there's no question that people would be down for holding people's hands Mm -hmm. um yeah but then at the same time there's probably going to be like an escrow situation involved um Again, if you want to, if you want to just experience it and you don't feel like buying the place, let me know. And I bet you I can make that happen too. Uh, we could talk details, you know, again. Oh, so, no, 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 no. Don't offer that to listeners. You already know that I want to go. So no, screw the listeners. I don't want to hear that. No, uh, no, no, that's, well, that's, I'm that's already happening. I'm just saying. I know. That, I'm uh, kidding. I'm kidding. But okay. So the, 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 the basis is. No matter what, if someone goes, oh, what a beautiful area, which it is, by the way, I know that for a fact, there is no way that you guys will not disclose what is going on there. And you're going to make it very clear, much like someone would if there was a murder, a mass murder in a house. Um, 
before someone bought. Is that what's going on at the Devil's Creek property? Yeah, I think so. I mean, okay. uh, if you're listening to this show and you're interested in buying it, you're interested in buying it because of that. I hope so. You know? Yeah, because um, that's what's going on there. I don't think it's actually physically been listed again. I'm not 100% sure. Um, are there people that are looking? A few buyers potential? You would think. You would think. I, I'm not, again, I, I'm not privy on the. Right. If it's, uh, you know, moving that fast. Um, I tend to think that. I, I'll just say this. I was shocked at how. Um, at the price of the location, knowing that what all you get mm-hmm. with what is there in terms of just the amenities and the amount of land and everything. Right. Um, but that's also, it's also kind of in an area where, you know, it might take them a while to sell it. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. you know, any place where you can go in and there were, there were orang pin deck tracks out on the counter. And this is after the family moved out and those were there because there've been some super high tone folks that have gone through there to check it out. I'll just say that. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful little location. And if you're interested, I want to know more, let me know. But if you also just think that you're going to get the, the tour and you're not really interested in buying it, that ain't going to happen only because, you know, these people have to jump through hoops. To, well, yeah. And the people that own it now have been through a hell of a lot. I mean, if they haven't listened to your show and know what's been going on, those folks have been through a lot and they expected yeah. a lot different from the property. They thought they would still be living there and they're not. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. Yeah. To say the least. And I really do hope somebody buys it soon because as soon as somebody buys it, I think we're going to crack open a different can and mm-hmm. we'll, we have more stories to tell, but indeed. Just trying to, just trying to move the joint. So let me know. You know, come find me. Um, there may be somebody on Facebook named Dadis Perry that knows how to get a hold of me. I'm not yeah, saying. we're just saying. Yeah, Mr. Perry. D A T U S. Just, uh, just, just, just living, living vicariously through him. Mm-hmm. All right, homie. Well, okay. thank you we, we, a million times over for doing this. No, thank you, man. And um, well, uh, as the next time that Matt and I are going up there, I'm expecting you to jump in, and I will say just to you mm-hmm. you can put this in the show i don't care but whatever i'm gonna be like i told you in studio loads over the next like five or six days mm-hmm. i think that somewhere in that time frame we can find out um when we can reciprocate and uh, matt and i want to have both of you on mainly so that you and he can sit around and talk about how insane clint is i mean that would be probably the basis of the show and that's why i would come on yeah yeah indeed any anytime i'll uh i'll make it happen for sure i can't wait well hey um tell 
Ryan and Sam, I said, I will. Very proud of those boys. Very proud. I told you, they make me look good. Authors and such on Amazon. I ain't writing shit. I can barely (laughs) do a podcast. I'm not going to write anything. Yeah. Oh, come on now. Stop. No, dude. Mm Mm-mm. You got game, girl. You know it. All these people listening to us right now know it as well. Well, um, so today's Wednesday, so this is going to launch tomorrow. Tomorrow huh? Eve, my bro. Yeah. All right. Well, happy Thursday, everyone. Yes. Happy Thursday. Clint, thanks right. for being on for a second time. And uh, I don't know what episode it was that you were on for uh, your Hellhound show, but please, everyone, go listen to that. Has the uh, it features the Honda Element, two hundred and sixty thou with that you can hose out. <laughs> but uh, it's not the first time that Clint has dodged a spiritual proverbial bullet. Yes, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, um, thanks to you and thanks to all of your many into the Fradians. It's a good one. Fradio. Yeah. All right. High five. Dude, double high five. Thank you. Peace out. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Well, I'm so-and-so. I was given this name by my parents. I've been to such and such a college. I've done these things in my profession. I produce a little bar. Buddha says forget it. That's not true. That's some of the story. That's all gone. That's all past. I want to see the real you you are now. Nobody knows who that is, because we don't uh, know ourselves except through listening to our echoes and consulting our memories. But then there's a real evil, and that again leads us back to this question, uh, who are you? That is the meaning. We shall see how they play with this exam by the cohorts to get you to come out of your shell find out who you really are.
quite divided on this. They will say, no, we don't believe literally in reincarnation. That after your funeral, you know, you will suddenly become somebody different, living somewhere else. They will say, reincarnation means this, that if you sitting here now are really convinced that you're the same person who walked in at the door half an hour ago, you'll be reincarnated. If you are liberated, you understand that you're not. The past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. There is only the present. That's the only real you that there is. The Zen master Dogen went in this place and said, Spring does not become the summer. First there is summer, and then there is spring. Straight, 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 straight. 